All right, good morning. <coughs> oh, man. I had such high hopes because I felt actually pretty good this morning. And then, yeah. Maybe by the time the week is over, I'll be back. I'll be perfectly ready to go. And then, like, I'll go to another concert. I actually had somebody invite me to go see the Incubus show on Friday night, which I would not be. Like, I liked Incubus. And I there's a couple of Incubus songs that I'd definitely be willing to belt out. It wouldn't be quite the same for me as it, you get that third eye blind in me. Boys get that syrup in them. Um, it, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to bother. I think I might end up passing. I just don't think I can do it to myself again. I don't think I can put myself through the possibility that all of my white teenage angst comes back out at a concert again. And then I lose my voice for another entire week. I don't think I can do that. Plus, Rita's bailing on me on Sunday. I got to do the radio show by myself. Jerk. What a jerk she is. You could do it. You just got to, what, ice the vocal cords afterwards? No, you got to do the hot tea. That's, oh, that's, that's yeah, the play. So. And I just don't like uh, what, you know, the other thing I got going on right now, this is, this is a legit deal. I've been doing the uh, teeth whitening thing. And it makes your teeth and your gums all the more sensitive. So... I like go to take a sip of the hot tea and I'm like, ah, ah, they gave me the Sensodyne in order to, um, to use as the toothpaste and I'm, I'm, I'm banging ibuprofens like I was, you know, hung over on a, on a Sunday morning in, in 2007 all over again. Hey, it's cause I, I'm going to have to be on camera again more in the future and I would like to have even, uh, I, I did some damage to myself in my earlier years, and I'd like to improve upon that. So I've been trying to do the teeth whitening bit, and everybody warned me. They were like, "Hey, your teeth are going to be super sensitive." I'm like, oh, "Okay, chief, no problem." They don't. They don't. It's not. They do not describe a tenth of how sensitive it makes your teeth. I'm telling you, I take a sip of water, and I'm like, "Ah, ah, sucks, sucks." So the hot tea overwhelms. Your teeth look good. Eh, we're not there yet. There's the other bit where I'm also not convinced that it isn't um, uh, nonsense, that I'm not convinced that it isn't a sham because I've been doing it for like a week now, and I don't know. I don't think my teeth look any different at all. And I asked them, hey, how long do you do it for? And they're like, as long as you'd like. I'm like, well, I'd like to not do it. I prefer to not do it at all. They were like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just not convinced that it ain't a sham. That it's not like you're just supposed to think that your teeth are like everybody's like ah you you look great but it's not really any different at all everybody just you feel that way because you put in all the work like yeah I'm proud of myself I put the work in I bet my teeth look good and the truth is it was just about improving your self confidence didn't really actually do a damn thing to your teeth all right I'm sorry I'm gonna calm down now I don't I don't know what just happened there the moral of the story is that I the voice is working its way back it's not fully there yet. But it's working its way back. And I appreciate you being with us for Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Would You Rather Wednesday is always brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where the summer seasonal menu is available. It's got the South Carolina barbecue chicken, the lobster roll with the grilled corn, the crab and lobster fries, plus some of the things that you loved from the spring seasonal menu stuck around, like the opener, the flash fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce, the Cracker Jack Sunday. With the, <clears throat> oh boy, that's something different altogether. That's not, I don't know what that is. 
Well, maybe it's not different at all. Maybe it's all combined. The Cracker Jack Sunday with the waffle ice cream and Cracker Jacks. It's all available right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. I have Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios posted on Facebook, Facebook.com, slash Glenn Clark Radio, or at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We will get to them here in a couple of minutes. Coming up, busy day on the program. Doug Farrar is going to join us, one of our favorites. I hate this cord. This cord's going to drive me nuts. Like half the time, my left headphone just goes out. And all I got to do is like literally touch the cord and it comes back in. I hate everything. I hate everything. Let me tell you about teeth whitening. It's not real. You don't hate our guests, though. I don't hate our guests. We have good guests. Doug Farrar, USA Today. We'll uh, talk some Ravens with him, uh, get his reaction to uh, the commentary about Lamar Jackson this week. Also, coming up this morning, uh, the great Kenny Maine is going to check in with us. Uh, Kenny uh, is now doing a few different things, but has launched a podcast with Odyssey. And I'm pretty sure it's just like letting him be Kenny Maine. I'm pretty sure they're not pigeonholing him like you have to talk about uh, football. You have to, I think they're just letting him be him. And Kenny Maine, of course, one of the better sports media personalities of the last 25 years. Looking forward to catching up with Kenny Maine. We will talk football and things like that with him, but. Um, We'll probably just talk about whatever's on Kenny's mind as well. Um, uh, Colton Kowser is going to join us this morning. We make our trip to, uh, to Bowie. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been making that trip. Last week, of course, they were on their break, and I was gone for the two weeks before that, so it was good to uh, get back to Bowie. And that's where Colton Kowser is now, last year's first-round pick of the Baltimore Orioles. Um, we will chat with him and uh, Randy Mueller, one of our favorites, former NFL GM. I'm going to get his thoughts on... Um, specifically, what we wanted to do this a couple days ago, Randy's involved with the XFL now, so I want to get his thoughts on the Kyler Murray deal, of course, the independent study clause, which is wild, and um, and how it impacts Lamar Jackson, so we will do all of that today on the program. Orioles with another come-from-behind victory last night, another fun night at the ballpark. Ramon Urias continues to be... I, Joe DiMaggio. I, I somehow don't think we're talking about this enough. I think because we have no idea what Ramon Urias really is, it's very difficult to have a conversation about what it is that he's doing because it we, we don't know like how to put it into context whatsoever. <clears throat> Ramon Urias is hitting 397 this month. 397 in the month of July. Now, I get it. There was a week where you know nobody played any games because of the All-Star break. So it's it's four days, and we're only at the 27th. So I don't know if we call it a full month or if we – who cares? I mean, it's yes. damn close enough. 397. As Sarah Langs pointed out, who is uh, a guru of all things – Baseball statistics, um, previously worked for ESPN, now works for MLB. The month isn't over yet, but Ramon Urias is hitting 397 in July. That would be the highest batting average by an Orioles player in a calendar month, a minimum of 50 plate appearances, since Adam Jones hit 400 in April 2015. May this, may I make that? I, I remember Adam Jones getting off to a hot start. I don't remember him hitting 400 at the end of April. Like, that would be a very big deal that I feel like we would have talked about at nauseum, is that somebody was hitting 400 a month into the season. I just don't remember that now. I don't doubt Sarah Langs in any way. I just can't believe I don't remember that Adam Jones was literally hitting 400. 
397 in the month of July. What is Ramon Urias? We don't know. It's going to come up here in a minute when we get to Would You Rather Wednesday. I don't know what Ramon Urias is. This goes back to some of the conversations that we've had in the past about other players. Are they guys that are just on an unbelievable heater? We talked about this with Austin Hayes earlier in the season, right? Was Austin Hayes just on the the heater of his life? Or was he really establishing himself as a Nick Markakis-esque piece within the, the Orioles' rebuild? Well, at the moment, we would probably lean more towards he was on the heater of his life. Of course, he wasn't hitting 397. Not that Urias is hitting 397 for the year, but 397 for the month. Um... And I still think Austin Hayes is a really good baseball player, and I still think that he's going to be a part of this thing. But, yes, he has not maintained the absurd standard that he set earlier on in the year, which we all said was damn near impossible because it was it was insane what Austin Hayes was doing. Lots of players have stretches where they just... What they're doing is bonkers, or what they're doing is overwhelming. But it's not really a story of who they are. Another number that was pointed out um, about Ramon Urias, uh, Zach Silver, who of course covers the Orioles for MLB.com, said today was Ramon Urias' 161st game in the big leagues, one shy of a full season, of course. Of course, for the most part, guys don't play 162 games in a full season. That's very rare. So I think we can go with 161 games as being a full season. His career line, slashing, or sorry, his his slash lines, 278, 342, 442, a 786 OPS with 19 homers and 77 RBI. That's a nice product in a telling sample size. Now, the immediate follow-up response to that would be, right, but that includes him hitting 397 for the last month. So, if he hit something that was just good, like if he only hit 340 this month, what would those numbers be? Because one month within the sample size of 161 games can seriously change those numbers. What is Ramon Urias? I don't, I don't have a clue. I mean, I really don't have the answer to this question. I... I think he's been a hell of a bad of late. I think he's certainly been more productive than the throwaway player that we thought he was a year ago. But with some of the infielders that are coming and with all of the various skills that Jorge Mateo brings to the table, is he a definitive part of the plans for the next few years? I don't know. I really don't. And it doesn't mean I'm not enjoying this. I am really enjoying this. And my God, did he smack that ball last night. Holy hell. I have no clue what Ramon Urias is. Big picture within this Orioles rebuild. And that maybe is the most difficult part about everything that's going on with this Orioles team. I don't know what that thing is, but I need you to do something about it. All right, I'll get on it. Okay. I'm assigning you the task of whatever that... Can you put that on the camera? Some Is there a camera that can that can show... Oh, did it go away? 
Oh, it's still over there. I don't know. There is some sort of creature that is inside this studio, and I don't know what it is. I don't know how it got in here, but I don't care for it, and I don't want to deal with it any longer. And, of course, as Griffin runs to find, like, a paper towel or something, we're not going to find it again. It's going to be gone by the time he gets back. You still see the guy? You still see that guy? It's, I don't, what is it? I don't know what that thing was. That's what concerns me. It's when I see something and I don't know what it is. I, I Bro, I'm with you. <laughs> Easy over there, guy. <laughs> Easy. Well, where did it fall? Down. Griffin. This is, this is very specifically on the list of things that you signed up to do. You can't bail now because <laughs> you don't like it. You, you, we cannot have that thing continue to be in this studio. No, no, we cannot, because it's all I'm going to think about for the rest of the morning. I will not be capable of continuing the show with whatever the F that was in this studio. That looked like something from Stranger Things. That looked like something that was going to crawl into my skin. No, no chance in hell I'm continuing life. I don't even know how to describe it. It was, it was big. It was hairy. What do you mean you think you got it? Do you think you got it or did you get it? There's a big difference There's between like those things. a crack things. in the window. Not a crack in the window, but like a little a little hole like between the window, and it just crawled down into that. So it is still around. Griffin! What do you want me to do? I want you to get into that hole, and I want you to find that thing. I, I, I want you to I, smoke I that thing out. I don't, I don't, I got a lot, I got a mm-hmm. I think you crawled outside. Th- no, no, no. No. <laughs> no. That is not a good enough standard around here. I know that our standards are low. I understand. I get it. Trust me. I've been around here longer than you have. I understand that we don't have the highest of bars for what we accept as quality around these parts. But that, I think it might have gone outside. No! It's it's no longer in the immediate room. So, oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I had I had something crawling on me yesterday. I was like, "What the hell?" I, I thought it was a tag on a shirt that I was wearing. It might have been a tick. I don't know what's going on here, but we got to do something about it. We got to talk to somebody. All right? Yeah. The, I can't. It, I cannot. It was like it was one of those million legger thingies <sighs> that just looked hairy. It was hairy as hell. It was hairy as hell. I did not want to touch it. Somebody's got to do it. I, I got to keep, I well, I gotta keep it, the trains moving. It was moving. moving. I was trying to, you know, if it was, I was going to try and let it no, escape. No, no, and it escaped. No, no, so that's the thing. It's out you there. were willing to let it escape. You were willing to let it continue to live. No. That some bitch can't live. Offers nothing to society. Maybe if I had like a gun. Then. A gun? <laughs> I didn't want to touch that. The hell is going on around here? <laughs> start firing a weapon? AC Sports on YouTube said, Griffin, I'll give you $20 if you chase Glenn around with it in the studio. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so that gives me, if I had seen that, that probably yeah, would have an incentive. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Now you got some incentive it, to do it, something about it. But it is really it. gone now. I don't know. No, you going. say it's really gone. You're just making nonsense up. You're saying something's gone because you don't want to deal with it any longer. Because it terrified you. I don't know what that thing was. I know it's hairier than any... I, I don't know what you call it. It's not an insect. It was a creature. It's hairier than any creature I've ever seen. It was hairier than Griffin. That thing could have gone into pornography. I don't know what I was talking... Ramon Urias or something. I don't even remember what I was talking about. 
insanity of what just occurred in this studio. And we didn't even get a picture of it. I can't even share it with people. I think I think I found it. It's it's called a a house centipede. No, it's not. And people call it Harry Marys. What? There's no way that thing was a centipede. Really? Well, they just call it house. They just call it house centipedes. I don't know what the Latin name for it is. It did kind of look like that thing. Uh, the first thing that comes up when you search house centipede. Here's why you should never kill a house centipede. Before you squish that creepy centipede, find out why it actually might be a useful house guest. No! no. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance in hell. And ours was bigger than this guy. That was if one that's of the biggest what it ones. Was. I, 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 I like sometimes see them because I live, you know, out in Carroll County. Yeah. So I see those. Well, I, I've seen those. I, I, I live on a farm. I see a lot oh, okay. of things. You've never seen that before? Uh, I don't think I've seen oh, that okay. guy. But so I've seen them before. That was definitely one of the biggest ones I've ever seen. It can so be a little discomforting to say the least when you see a house centipede crawling its way through your house, looking to hide under the baseboard molding or making a run for the kitchen cabinets. Nobody re- like get to the point. God, I hate these things. Get to the point. God damn. They aren't easy to catch either. The typical house centipedes have 15 pairs of legs and can travel 1.3 feet per second, which is must. This thing could be on me now. You jerk. (laughs) Well, I think I dealt with it. I don't see it. So out of sight, out of mind. That's how I try to keep it. That thing's in my pants. I'm suing you. You know the thing that it's like, you know, you're always within, they say you're always within like three feet or six feet of a spider at all times or something. And you probably eat spiders at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Same thing. Same deal. No, it's not that, Griffin. (laughs) It's not that at all. Despite their speed, when you see one, you might be tempted to catch up on it and squash it with your shoe. However, you might want to hold off on killing that centipede. Shut up! God, get to the point! I hate you, family handyman. God! Not only are house centipedes killing the bugs you really don't want in your house, they also don't create any nests or webs. I don't want that in my house! What are you talking about? God, I hate everything. What were we doing? I, it, whatever it was, I can't go back uh, to did it. Did we finish now. talking about our guest? Yeah, I we talked about yeah, all the we, guests. You know, we did that, and we were talking about Ramon Urias. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't do it. God, it was unnerving. I don't know how people work in these circumstances. That ever that thing was, I swear to God, it's the hairiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Hairiest thing. It's hairier than a bat. Ah. That thing pops up again. I want to make this abundantly clear. <laughs> Your job is on the line. Okay. All right? I like you. All right? But I'm pretty sure I can talk uh, Carson Weekly out of going back to college. What the hell's college going to do for a guy like him? All right? Look at him. He's a strapping young man. He's fine. All right? Your job is at stake. The next right. time that All thing right. shows up, I'm hoping if it you don't get that son of a bitch, we are... By the way, if and by the... I'm, I, I'm out. <laughs> I see that thing again, and you don't take care of it. You can call Doug Farrar and Kenny Mayne and all of them and say, sorry, deuces. I'm gone. And I, by the way, I might leave the company. Okay. I might leave the company. I might get out of the business altogether. I might go into <laughs> pornography. By the way, you shaved. I did. When yeah, did you I, shave? Uh, I shaved last like last weekend. I did not notice until right now. Yeah. What was the thought felt, process there? I don't know. It just felt like it was time. Had it for had it for a while and I was kind of like, yeah, it's getting a little long, getting a little. 
God, uh, interesting. I'm sorry. I'm Didn't want to look like that thing. I don't mean to bring the show to a screeching halt. I really don't. Not that we were doing anything that painfully important beforehand. But I don't mean to bring this show to a screeching halt. What I know is that if any of you had been sitting in my seat looking at that thing, you would have reacted the exact same yeah, and, way. and you wouldn't have been willing. You wouldn't have wanted to touch it. Nobody just said. Like me. Nobody. <laughs> nobody said you have to want to. Nobody. I don't care about your want to, Griffin. This isn't about your desires. This is about your job. I was, well, I was getting ready to do it, and then it for some reason I knew I was probably getting ready to kill it, and it jumped off. You it think like, Rob Long's got to kill his own <laughs> bugs? You think he sends somebody else in? Hey, get in here! God. Saying something about something, I don't remember what it was. Ramon Urias, uh, Ramon Urias is a stunt. I don't even. It's is it Urias or is it Urias? <laughs> That's the I've heard yeah. it. Somebody did. It's like a a a, a, ouse. a ouse. Um, Urias. I think it's Urias. Um, Just say it quick, so people don't. Right, I know that that is that is the best way to go about doing it. Um, I don't know. I don't have the answer. It's incredible what he's doing right now. It's truly incredible. And it happens to coincide with the fact that the Orioles are playing the best baseball they've played in, like, forever. Back over 500, and yes, out of last place, which we all get quite a kick out of, particularly because it moves the Red Sox into last place. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> God, what kind of losers are in last place? <laughs> Jerks. Oh, man, could you even imagine what it must feel like to be them? ha. <laughs> <laughs> a once proud franchise now sitting in last place. God, you're pathetic. Anyway, um, I I still don't know what this means moving towards the 31st. I don't have those answers. And I do wonder at least a little bit if the Orioles do. I, I really do. I wonder if, as I said, I thought this was a big series. Well, what we know for sure is they're not going to lose it. I don't know what's going to happen over the next two nights, or tonight and tomorrow afternoon, but I know they're not going to lose this series. So they are going to at least tread water at the worst in this stretch of seven games that we had looked at against um, two playoff teams. They are going to be at worst three and four in those games. They might be four and three, five and two during that stretch of seven games. I I would think that that would present the argument that they are capable of being competitive with the best teams in the American League. And if that's the case, don't you acknowledge that? I, I, I keep coming back to what like Robert Long was trying to say about being in a rebuild. I hear you, dude. I hear you. And I have continued to say that my priority is 2023. But at some point, what's in front of you is what's in front of you. And you can't deny what's in front of you. And no one has argued that you be reckless. And no point have I said, go out and dip your toes in the Juan Soto market or you be the team that tries to acquire something else. I still think that your prospects are more valuable here than they are as trade pieces, at least for now. Now, I might change my mind about that, specifically in terms of trying to get pitching this offseason. And... Maybe somebody would say in response, well, if you're willing to trade prospects for pitching in the offseason, if there's pitching available now, why wouldn't you just do it now? And I don't think I would have a great response to that. I wouldn't be looking to acquire anything that was a rental, for sure. There's no world in which I would be okay with that. But if certain pitching was available and, you know, the price was right, I, I wouldn't be, be hell-bent against it. I'm just not suggesting it's what they should do. My simple thought is... 
don't trade away from this group. Uh, my buddy Pete Medhurst from the Team 980 down in D.C. and um, the, the play-by-play voice of uh, Navy Athletics, he said uh, last I made a joke that people seemed to enjoy. It was not all that thoughtful. It was not exactly a, a brilliant joke, but that's the way social media works. Sometimes the dumbest things you say are the things that end up getting traction. Um, I, my, my, my joke was Trey Mancini loves the Orioles so much that he's sabotaging his trade value, and I have to respect that. Of course, Trey Mancini, who did end up getting a sack fly last night at a very productive uh, at-bat to add <coughs> an insurance run late in the game, but continues to be mired in quite the offer. Uh, Pete Medhurst said back, contending is never guaranteed. Keep him and see if you get there this year. And that's kind of the point that I've been making. I don't know if Pete realizes that's the point that I've been making. The point that I've been making is, and again, I, I, I continue to go back to, if somebody's willing to offer you something ridiculous for Trey Mancini, okay, you know, like, talk about it. But I, as badly as I want this rebuild to work, and I want the Orioles to build a World Series contender in three years, I don't know what's going to happen next year. Remember, the 2012 Orioles, a year later, weren't in the playoffs. Now, I get it. By 2014, they were back. And this goes back to, I'm not trying to tell you to get rid of anything. Continue to see this through. But, I can't deny what's going on right now either. I can't say... Well, hey, the plan was the plan. We can't, we can't, we can't throw our arms up now. Again, I mean, I guess the Orioles could lose their next five games, and then we'd feel differently come Tuesday at that point. But I would think that this at least has to impact the conversations that are occurring within the warehouse, whether it impacts the actual decisions that are made to be determined. But I would think that this has to at least have an impact on those conversations. I. It should, but we got to keep in mind, you know, what Elias's job is, what his goal is, and that's to make sure this team is contending for years to come. But again, and but that, like, you, we'll you can't, his plan. you can't sell me on trading Trey Mancini for somebody's international 19-year-old that you kind of liked in scouting is the difference in whether or not you're seeing this through. You can't sell me on that. Um, you can sell me on that's why you have to trade Jorge Lopez. I've said that a bunch of times. I don't feel about Jorge Lopez what I feel about Trey Mancini. I like Jorge Lopez, and maybe Jorge Lopez could be this team's closer for the next three to four years, but the way this tends to work in baseball is that someone who becomes sort of a, a rock star closer tends to not be that guy for all that long. They tend to have a very short shelf life. But if we can have him for two years, be that guy. Maybe. But if what you can get in return is something that can alter your organization in some sort of way, then that's where I default back to what you say about Mike Elias and what his job is. What Mike Elias' job is, is yes, to try to ultimately build a World Series winner. And if you can trade for assets that will help get you closer to that World Series winner, and you're super confident in what you've seen and looking in the numbers and your data that you've done, that Felix Bautista is just as capable of being a a high-level closer for the next couple of years, bully, man. I'm on board. But again, it's because you're getting a lot back. 
the trade for the sake of the trade thing is what you do four years ago. You do that four years ago because you can got to get whatever you can get because you are ripping it down to the studs. This isn't that, and it shouldn't be that. And I would like to think that when you have an opportunity to contend, and they do, reality be damned, on paper be damned, they're 49 and 48. We can't ignore it. We can't pretend like it's not happening because it's inconvenient. You've got an opportunity to do something. The idea of just trading for the sake of trading when that's going on is antithetical to the concept of why sports exist. I'm not trying to make this holier than thou, although it's terribly important within the world. But why are you a sports fan if your team has a chance to win and you say, yeah, but just make whatever trade for the sake of making it. There are adult ways to have these conversations. We're all capable of it. And if they do trade Trey Mancini, inevitably the argument is going to be from them, well, even if you don't feel strongly about this guy, we do, whatever the return is. Whatever the return is, the argument would be, we think this guy is special and could be a part of something. That's what they'll say. And maybe not in those specific words, but that'll essentially be what they say. But I'm going to continue to have the opinions that I have about it. Um, If I was a Rays fan, would I be distraught about the fact that they pulled Shane McClanahan last night when he was cruising after seven innings? He had a really shaky first inning, and then after that, he was dominant. (laughs) Aaron Oster's seven and a half strikeouts. What a stupid idiot. He only had seven. (laughs) You suck. God, you don't know anything. Seven and a half. And as I said, I don't think he even tried to get a half a strikeout. I didn't see him attempt to get a half a strikeout. Um, would I be distraught about them pulling Shane McClanahan? I don't know. Maybe. I, the guy pitched seven innings. Like I don't. I don't know what more you can. If you can't get two innings out of your bullpen, I, I think you got bigger problems. Uh, can't cannot relate here in Baltimore. Cannot relate to the fear of having to get two innings of work out of your bullpen. Of course, ultimately, they didn't even get the opportunity for a second inning because the Orioles didn't need to bat in the bottom of the ninth. So they only really needed one inning, and they couldn't get that. Um, that sounds like you got a bigger problem there. I, you, you, if, if the only way you're going to win is if Shane McClanahan has to pitch eight, nine innings every time that he pitches, you're probably going to have problems. You're probably not going to win anything. So I get it. It's easy for us to do this, and Lord knows we don't care in Baltimore because, hell yeah, pull Shane McClanahan. Your bullpen stinks. Um, but my response back to them would be, I, you got to be able you got to be able to get three outs. I mean, you got to be. You can't do that. You got far bigger problems. And credit to Adley Rutschman, who got a big hit uh, before the, the Urias home run. It was a big hit. Turned it into a go-ahead uh, homer instead of um, – you know, being a, 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 just a tying home run that extended the game. So, uh, fun night. Really fun night uh, for those of you that made it out to the ballpark. Again, I'll be there tomorrow afternoon. Hope you'll come join us. We'll be in Section 96. Uh, it doesn't look like there's a lot of tickets left in 96, but go to the surrounding uh, sections as well in the uh, the bleachers. And 
think we're a bit further back in Section 96, where uh, some of Moe's family is going to be and friends. Our buddy Damon Amendolara, who joined us yesterday. Uh, tickets are only 10 bucks, And despite the fact that the Orioles did a weird bit where they made me buy three, <laughs> they're a really weird bit. There, I, went, I selected my two tickets because uh, Rita, the NFL chick, she's going with me. I selected my two tickets, and then they were like, hey, sorry, uh, if you want those, you got to buy a third. I was like, what? Well, you're not allowed to leave one seat, which is a really weird bit, and I don't much care for it because I've never had that happen before, but my God, they were $10 tickets, so I was just like, fine. I'll buy a third. If, if we use it, we use it. If not, I paid for $15 tickets, which... I think that's okay. I think I can live with that. And go to threadlevelmidnight.com and uh, get your Be Momentous t-shirt as well to support the Johns Hopkins Children's Center. We will see you uh, tomorrow. Series continues, of course, tonight uh, with Tyler Wells back on the mound making his second start of the second half going up against Drew Rasmussen in game three of the four-game set. Uh, quickly, I'll give you the setups for Would You Rather Wednesday, and we'll get to them later on in the program. Three setups today. Number one, would you rather, and this is where the Ramon Urias thing comes into play. We got to get a definitive answer so I don't keep butchering the man's name. Need it. What's that? Urias. But you're just saying that. You have no idea. I mean, this is a fake it until you. Shut up. Uh, Needing a bat. The Mets actually want white hot Ramon Urias. And they're willing to part ways with one of their top 10 prospects in a package to get him. And the Orioles do have infielders coming. Or, no, not doing that. Arias is the team's best player right now, and maybe he's actually kind of special. That's number one. Number two, would you rather? All Lamar Jackson slander completely and totally ends forever immediately. Yes, that was. Stop, stop. All gone, the man gets the flowers that he deserves. Or, actually, as a fan, I kind of like the whole chip on the shoulder thing. And when my favorite players and teams have to go out and prove the doubters wrong. I know you guys exist. And number three, would you rather? Um, do, are you, do you know who Channing Crowder is? Uh, Not Channing oh, yeah, Tatum, yeah, yeah. yes, the, yeah, yeah, the they that one podcast. Channing Crowder, a former linebacker, who's now on the I believe it's the Pivot podcast. Pivot, I think yeah, he's on yeah. something else too, but does the Pivot yeah. podcast? Keeps I believe himself it. relevant. Yeah. Yes, it keeps himself quite relevant. Um, he's made some some wild admissions recently. Um, with that in mind, would you rather, uh, Mike? Much like last week, you're single again. All right. So sorry. Well, you're single anyway, and you meet someone. They're a 10. They're amazing. They're incredible. But you get a little bit into the relationship and you find out that either A, they want you to role play where you're a cat and they're a crazy cat lady. Which is, yes, an admission that Channing Crowder made that he and his wife do where he literally goes to their back porch and gets on all fours and pretends to be a stray cat that's being taken in by his wife who's role-playing as a crazy cat lady. I thought it was going to be the nudist colony one that he was talking about. Or, oh, that's the- don't read ahead, Griffin. Okay, sorry. Or, or, Jesus, this guy. I didn't know. <laughs> Same scenario, you're single, you meet someone, they're a 10, you get into the relationship, and you find out 
that they require you to go with them every vacation at least once a year to a nudist colony. Which is also something that Channing Crowder recently admitted he and his wife do. That's where they take their vacations. They're not swingers, he says. They don't get down. They just go because they like, quote, being around naked people, unquote. Although he did admit he doesn't necessarily love when someone's you-know-what is right next to his eggs at the buffet at breakfast every morning. So you meet someone, they're great, they're a 10. But either you got to role play as a cat with them or you got to go to a nudist colony on vacation at least once a year. Those are your scenarios. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. It's all brought to you by Glory Days Grill. And uh, someone is getting hooked up with another $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill just for participating. Today's show is also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Tomorrow night, Stan the Fan Gary Stein will be joined by Maryland football coach Mike Loxley, who was out at Big Ten Media Days this week. Getting ready for the start of the season. Um, that'll be available tomorrow night. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you miss it live, you can watch it. PressBoxOnline.com slash video or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Let's talk some Ravens, some Lamar Jackson. Doug Farrar from USA Today joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. Hey, O's fans, get to Oriole Park early on Friday, August 5th at 7.05 when the first 20,000 fans 15 and over will receive a Cedric Mullins 30-30 Club bobblehead presented by Masson. Celebrate Cedric Mullins' historic 2021 season when he became the first player in Orioles history to join the 30-30 Club with 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Tickets start as low as $15. What better way to cheer on the Silver Slugger than at the ballpark that forever changed baseball? Buy tickets at Orioles.com slash tickets. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here. Welcome 
welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who lives these coaches have impacted offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com to follow the show on instagram it's just glenn clark radio and to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait i don't think you're supposed to know about that one any hoodle take it away boys all right, back in here on GCR as we continue. Get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday. we got a bunch already. We're uh, getting some good action on Would You Rather Wednesday today. Continue to get me those at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Um, let's talk to one of our favorites, Doug Farrar. USA Today is with us here on GCR. Doug, good morning. How are you, my friends? Good morning. How are you today? I'm all right, buddy. I am, um, I'm wondering if you knew you were coming on with us today because I can't help but notice you've done a bunch of uh, Lamar Jackson content this morning on Twitter. I think I... I think I did know it was funny. <laughs> I, I may have done that. Yes. So let me. Let me that, that may not. That may not be a coincidence. Yeah. Let Let me. Let me try to separate two things, right? And it's funny because I know you're you're friends with uh, my uh, my radio co-host, uh, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. Um, she and I get oh, into con- yes. she she and I get into conversations a lot about how what we struggle with is there are times where we want to criticize Lamar Jackson, but we're we don't like doing it. Because so much of the criticism that surrounds Lamar Jackson is so patently absurd and ridiculous and nonsensical and embarrassing that when we criticize him in any way, it feels like we're piling on to that. Um, that that sure. people no longer are capable of separating what is this nonsense that apparently some anonymous defensive coordinator told to Mike Sando of The Athletic the other day, which makes mm-hmm. utter and completely zero sense and is ridiculous and is we've seen so much of over the years from what is fair criticism of him, which is like, you know, he played very poorly against the Blitz for four games last year after he was off to a great start. And, you know, this, this video that you find of him, it's tough for us because there is warranted criticism to be had of Lamar Jackson. It's just not usually the stuff that you hear being spewed by nonsensical, nonsensical carnival barkers and apparently defensive coordinators. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, I'm kind of prepping an article on all this, and I went back and looked at the defensive coordinator. You know, I don't care if he wins MVP 12 times. He's not, it almost seems personal at times. Like you had, I like Bill Polian, who famously said Lamar should be a receiver, and then he had to recant it. And I think there are some guys who had an image of Lamar, what he is and what he isn't. And to whatever degree Lamar has leapfrogged that and become a different, better, more developed player, it almost seems like these guys don't want to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And they were wrong to a degree, and they just can't 
You know, I, what Polian said was ridiculous. I give him some credit for at least saying, yeah, I was wrong. Right. And, okay. Full marks. Cool. Let's move on. Um, I, and in Sando's quarterback tears piece, which is, I've known Mike for like 20 years because we're both in the Seattle area. Um, it's a great piece. He, you know, he does, he did what he does. Yeah. I've talked to 50 different people in the NFL and put together, you know, it, it's a must read every year. Um, there was one offensive coach who talked about the Miami game in week 10 and how Lamar struggled to read coverages. He struggled to see what was on the field. He couldn't, and that's accurate for that game and it's accurate for other games. But what I wish the offensive coach would have said is Miami brought defensive back blitzes out of cover zero, which is no deep safety man across the board. They brought DB blitzes at a rate that has, at least in the last six years for next-gen stats, no other quarterback has faced. And Brian Flores and Josh Boyer, his defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, did some really sick stuff last year. Uh, unfortunately for the Ravens, they're going to see it more because now it's Mike is, or uh, Brian is the Steelers. Um, so I wish the coach would have said he struggled to read and maybe here's why as opposed to he just struggled to read. Because when you say that Lamar Jackson struggles to read coverages without the additional specific context of that situation, then that just, like you said, it feeds into all the garbage, which, you know, there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. um, so all I can do when I analyze Lamar or any other player, I, you know, I, I look at metrics, I watch tape. I don't have a, a rooting interest either way, positive or negative. I don't care. I don't care if Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in the NFL or the 32nd best. Right. I, I, it's not, it's not my job to care about that. It's not my job to say go Ravens and whatever. Um, I can tell you what I see on tape. I can tell you where the stats line up. I can, we can talk about specific situations like that Miami game, which was really weird. And Harbaugh said after that game, yeah, we had a plan for it and it didn't work. And what I think that means is we didn't have a plan for it because it had never happened before, at least not in the last six years. So that's a long way of saying to your question of not wanting to pile on. I think when you're analyzing Lamar Jackson in a vacuum um, as coldly and dispassionately as possible, which is what I try to do, um, uh, you know, I just I look at what the tape tells me. That's all I can do. So it, you know what's really interesting about the. I don't know you shared one from Miami, but the other one that you shared this morning was from an interception from the Chargers game. What's wild to me, Doug, and and this is the only area where I worry about how the criticism has impacted Lamar. When I watch that play, what's screaming out at me is why haven't you started? No, I'm saying why haven't I, I'm why haven't you started running yet? Like what? <laughs> What are we doing here? And this, this, this is what you know. And I don't want to. When I say concerns me again, I, I, I am you know because of what we do. I'm, a, I'm a guy that I'm a kid that grew up in Baltimore, and so I like the Ravens. But again, my job requires me to be right. a little bit you know disconnected in that way. But I still, you know, it's better for business when the Ravens win, and and I, you know, I want that. Like all I can think to myself is, I worry a little bit that all of this stuff has gotten to him, and he's convinced himself he needs to run less because for whatever reason, every other insane person believes that quarterbacks have to run less. And when I watch that, all I'm saying to myself is, my God, look at all the room to run, and you're the greatest running quarterback in the history of ever. What are you doing? That's the crazy thing that jumps off the page to me there. Well, on that intermediate cross or the in cut, uh, the receiver, I don't think, I don't know if that was Brown. I don't remember. I'm not in front of me, but uh, it was a, uh, you know, 
you had the the slot receiver carrying the vertical, and then the outside receiver comes in on the in cut, and he is wide ass open. I mean, he's got five yards of cow pasture all around him. And I went back and looked at all of Lamar's interceptions last year, and I think three were just Hollywood dropping balls. And, mm-hmm. you know, we know how that goes. Um, there's so there's some of that, but. And, and I don't know what's been discussed in the building. I know Greg Roman was in San Francisco when Harbaugh, the other Harbaugh, <laughs> Jim yep. Harbaugh, yep. wanted uh, wanted Colin Kaepernick to run less. Roman was in the room for all those meetings. And I don't know if Roman is telling Lamar that. I don't know if John Harbaugh is telling Lamar that. I don't know if Lamar is telling Lamar that. That's in his head. I don't, I can't speak to it because I haven't, you know, there hasn't been Lamar saying to me, hey, this is why I did it. Or right. I can't read a transcript and go, yeah, it's this. I know he had injuries last year. Um, what struck me just in, in, a, in an overall sense, and this was true on some of his touchdowns as well, some of his really best plays. Um, I put up a, that, that touchdown against the Dolphins, against the Dolphins, where he just feathered that thing into Andrews over the line. I mean, that was gorgeous. And if Aaron Rodgers makes that throw, we're all talking about it. I don't remember anyone saying, oh, my God, what a throw, because it was Lamar and, and that – kind of feeds into the, what we were talking about, the, the preconceptions of what he is and isn't. Um, but if there's one thing that stood out to me about Lamar last year, and maybe this is the hesitancy to run, um, everything was a tick weight. And this, this was really true on his interceptions. It was true on a lot of his touch, touch, touchdowns where he would overcome and throw off platform, make a big play. But last year, those – you know, he's out of the pocket doing random stuff and, oh, my God. Well, it was, oh, my God, about 50-50 good and bad. But the hesitancy in the po- clean pocket, you're throwing away. And and if I were to sit down with Lamar and watch tape with him, that's what I'd want to know. I'm not so concerned about running or not running, but if you're going to stay in the pocket, if you're going to be a pocket passer, and he's better at that than people think, by the way. That's the I, truth. I agree with that, yes. Um. You know, he's not Tom Brady in the pocket, but Tom Brady can't run for a thousand yards either, so you take what you got. Um, but if there was one thing I would want to ask Lamar, it's why are you so hesitant to make these throws when they come open? You know, you can throw your receiver open with anticipation. Anticipation throwers do that. Lamar threw his guys closed a lot. And what I noticed in the in the intermediate to deep stuff especially is guys were waiting on those throws. And I think there's it's a twofold problem here where Lamar was hesitant and he was also what I call a fixator. He was like, his eyes were on his first read all the way through. And I don't know if that's a fuck because that's not always been the case. I mean, he, he can read, you know, he can go through his progressions. But last year it seemed like, especially when the, the primary read was Mark Andrews and you kind of understand why. Yep. Um, when the primary read was 89, you know, that's where he was going. The defense knew it. The guy selling hot dogs in Section 300 knew it. You know, I knew it watching TV, and I certainly knew it when I went back and watched the overhead. I'd want to know from Lamar why all of a sudden the hesitation. Now, is that a product of you're not sure what you're seeing, or is it I should be running here, but I want to stay in the pocket? And you know how this is. If you're if you're thinking yep. instead of reacting at NFL speed, you're dead. Yep. Go home. Yep. It's not going to work. Doug Farrar, USA Today, with us here on GCR. Doug, I, I, and I, I can't help but wonder about what impact there is on him being skittish behind the line that he was forced to play behind yeah. last year. Alejandro Villanueva, of course, 
my God, what the hell thought process there was in the Ravens committing to that as being their plan, um, given the, the, what they knew with Ronnie Stanley. And then the, the part of it that we don't like to talk about, which is the part where, you know, the, the receivers, the, the, the weapons situation ain't any better this year for Lamar. In fact, it's probably no. worse um, than it was a year ago. Over as much as we can say, hey, Hollywood Brown dropped balls, he also caught a lot. Um, and, and, and even he's gone. And I think the world of Rashad Bateman, I think he's a talent, but you know, he's getting, he's getting all the attention because where the hell else is the attention going to go? Um, well, all the attention is going to Mark Andrews. We know that. Sure. That's fine. That's fine. The attention will definitely go to Mark Andrews. There's no doubt about that. But I, I do think that all of these things have, they play a role in this where, who is it that he's throwing the ball to, and could you understand a little bit why maybe he's a bit hesitant sometimes to put the ball out there to some of these guys? I, I, I do understand that. I would say, and I was watching cut-ups of Lamar under pressure this morning, just put some stuff together and, and looked at that, and I think I don't have an exact like rate of it. What is the line's fault? What is Lamar's fault? I think right. Lamar got himself into trouble a lot. I would say ballpark it's probably half and half and there are quarterbacks who do that to themselves um russell wilson has always done that um there are other guys who are making second reaction throws and plays who also understand how to sort of get out of that and you know but lamar like uh the interception against where minka jumped up and got it against the steelers i mean he's like okay tj watt has you step for step all, you keep going back, going back, going back. You can't make that 40-yard bang-on throw into right. a compressed red zone when you're running backward off your own momentum. I mean, if you know, if you want to make one of those amazing Stafford or Mahomes cross-body, you know, moving sideways throws, which Lamar can do, I mean, there still has to be some sort of mechanical consistency there. I think as far as the pressure yeah, the line was not great. And I don't know what Ronnie Stanley's situation is, but I, you know, he's one of the five best tackles in the NFL. You hope he comes back. Um, The line was not great, but I think Lamar added a lot to that in a negative sense. Um, The receivers, yeah, it's a problem. Greg Roman, quote-unquote, not being able to scheme guys open, uh, I've been railing against that for two years. I don't think, I mean, Roman's not Bill Walsh, but he can scheme guys open. There's a lot of stuff Lamar doesn't hit and I go back to that hesitancy so coming into the season you know we can talk about the you know is he a top 10 this and why was he off this list and blah 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 coming into this season I think it and this works to throwing guys open and mitigating a line that you know that Linderbaum comes in hopefully Stanley's healthy all this helps a lot Lamar has got to speed his process up and that's that's for to help the receivers to help the coach, to help the line, and to help Lamar. But he's got to speed up the clock. If he doesn't do that, this season will look a lot like last season. But that, to me, is the primary issue. Okay. Doug, I, it, it looks like, um, and they won't, they won't announce this, but they've, they haven't really argued it uh, at all. It looks like they're attempting to replicate 2019 this year. Based on what they've done personnel-wise, and you know, they've, what, they've acquired seven running backs this offseason, um and then that seems low for them <laughs> yeah that's a, that's fair that's fair um and then the fact they kept greg roman around it it looks like they're saying hey we want to get back what you know they, they lost their running backs last year they weren't able to do what they wanted to do 
last year because they didn't have a running back that had been on the roster. They, they added guys in week two and hoped for the best. Um, well, they didn't have an offense. I mean, they didn't have running. They didn't have a secondary. There was a lot going. No, yeah, there was a lot going. There's no doubt. Um, but specifically in relation to how much they run and wanting to be that team that says we're just going to do this and we think you guys aren't ready for it. Um, if that's what they're doing, do you think they're capable of replicating what they put together in 2019? Sure. Uh, say what you want about Roman, and I'm higher on him than a lot of people, I guess. Um, you go back to Buffalo, you mean Tyrod Taylor, a pro bowler, Kaepernick, where he had the most complex run game in the NFL with the Niners, and he knew how – Greg Roman understands how to set up a run game to benefit his quarterbacks. That's whether you like him or not, you know, the stats and the tape don't lie. That's there. Um, I think it's possible, but in that kind of offense where, especially if you're running a lot of play action and this is just simple, you know, physics quarterback turns his head and play action. Well, what teams are doing a lot now is they're waiting on, if they see, okay, this is the play action thing. We're going to spin the coverage. So when you turn your head back around, you're seeing a different picture. What helps Lamar is to get the, you know, and I know they were one of the, they had one of the highest rates of seven step drops a couple years ago. I think that reduced last year, but, you know, more quick game, you know, and not just quick game, but allowing him to have those first reads open, you know, check the flat. Don't wait downfield for the 30 yard post when you're going to throw it late because you're not sure of what you're seeing. If Lamar is having those quote unquote vision issues, quick game's going to help him. And it's also going to help him in play action where, and this is true of most quarterbacks when they turn their heads and all of a sudden it's, you know, cover three. And I thought it was two man. Uh Oh, what do I do now? So they, you know, can they get back there? Yeah. Um, can they be that team? Sure. I don't, Lamar hasn't lost any of the stuff that made him, an MVP in 2019. Um, I would say that there are, I would, he hasn't lost anything, but there are additional things I'm seeing now that cause concern. Okay. We will see how this plays out this season at NFL underscore Doug Farrar is how you follow him. Doug, what all can we plug for you, man? Uh, well, I touched on where Mark Schofield and I just did our top, uh, 101, players in the NFL today, which is off our 14 position lists. And you can go read what Mark had to write about Lamar Jackson right there. All right. We will check that out today. Touchdown Wire USA Today. Doug, appreciate it, man. Thanks for doing this this morning. Always look forward to these conversations. I'm sure we'll chat again real soon. All right. All right. Thanks. Take care. Doug Farrar, USA Today, checking in with us here on GCR. Um, again, I, I understand the things that Doug's saying about Lamar Jackson, and I think a lot of them are quite true. Um. I'm I'm hesitant to trash Lamar Jackson because again the separation between let's say trash trash that's not even fair that's not what Doug did either um, to criticize Lamar Jackson because the line between fair and unfair criticism has been so ungodly blurred at this point that I don't want my criticism to be lumped into the same pile as the nonsense I I think pointing out things that you see on film and saying hey look you know this is on him. This is on him. He's got a clean pocket. And and he's throwing someone closed. It's not unfair. Now, a lot of good quarterbacks do those things. 
I mean, I'm, I'm being completely honest. There's a lot of – go back and look at the interceptions that other great quarterbacks threw, and you'd find out they were about, there were some serious problems in the process. Not every interception that's thrown is just somebody else dropping a ball. Hour number one of today's show is in the books. It's been brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com today for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer. Man, I always enjoyed conversations with this guy over the years, whether it's football or horse racing or just whatever the hell's on his mind. And I think that's why it's great that he's moved into the podcast realm because it's pretty clear he's just doing what it is that he wants to do now. And as all of us that are fans of his uh, would say, that's a very good thing. He is a legendary sports media figure, Mr. Kenny Mann, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Kenny, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up with you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's great to chat with you, dude. Kenny, tell me about um, getting into the podcast world, working with Odyssey, and is it as simple as saying, look, I just want to do something where it's what I want to do. Just Would you be willing to trust me in order to pull something like this off? Um, well, it kind of started the other way around. They wanted me to do something. We weren't quite sure what that might be. So we just kind of kept talking on and off. In the meantime, I started working with Caesars, doing commercials and promotions and whatnot for them. I just shot with the Mannings a couple of few weeks ago. We just went to Del Mar for the opening uh, and shoot some videos out there. And as time went on, it just it just made sense. I, I can't really tell you when you know it happened or why it happened. It was more all right. Let's give this a try. So we made a list of people I thought, you know, would likely say yes or 75% and above basically. And then, you know, our long shot list and between the two, we've, you know, started the thing off. It's only been up for a month. A lot of people um, are unaware. Obviously there's so many choices out there, things to watch or listen to. And hopefully we break through and get a little bit of attention that people are watching or listening. Um, On the other hand, even if it doesn't happen, it's been fun doing it. Right. Like I've truly enjoyed it way more than I ever expected and excited to, you know, see how, how far it goes. The podcast is Hey Maine and it is available through Odyssey wherever you get your podcasts. Kenny, I asked this, like you you were someone who was trying things even when you were at ESPN, like more so than most um, personalities were doing at the time, just like trying something. Seeing, did you ever worry about something you were doing content-wise where like, I don't know if people are going to get this or be into this or if the company's going to understand it. Did you ever worry about that stuff or were you able to just say, look, if I think what I'm doing is good, I don't really care what the reception is going to be from anybody else. I, I mean, I don't know if I took it to that extreme, but definitely we would do things with the producers I worked with and knowing it was, you know, maybe a little avant-garde for you know, <laughs> right. what was happening. Otherwise there, but at the same time, there's all sorts of people. I mean, it's such ESPN is such a big company. So many different personalities. All sorts of people kind of did it their way. Um, but yeah, I I never like doubted myself. You know, like I always bring up the when people ask about something succeeding or failing. Remember uh, the movie G Force? And this is barely. no offense to G Force. Barely. No offense to G Force fans. <laughs> I'm sure there are many. Oh, so many. But we. G-Force versus, say, Hurt Locker. Those two movies came out the same year. Hurt Locker, <laughs> I think, won the category. 
her locker's audience nowhere near G4. You're like not even close yeah. as far as numbers. My point is just because something sells or is popular doesn't necessarily mean it's better than something that doesn't sell or isn't popular. Um, I mean, but I do want to be G force. I don't want to be Hurt Locker in this case, if, if possible. But if we end up being Hurt Locker, we'll still know that we tried and and we think it wasn't terrible. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm blown. I got to be honest with you. I just lost a bet. I I, I made a bet a week ago, a hundred dollars that no one would ever reference the movie G force on this program. So I'm so you just, <laughs> just cost me a bucks. Dude, I'm sorry man. for that. I, I remember, and I know I've talked about it before with you, I remember you doing a bit with, you know, we're, we're horse racing people around here, and you would come on with us all the time around this, and and you did this bit with Chip Woolley where you're just sort of sitting in a van, and it it was it was so wonderful, and I just wondered if everybody else, because like, so many casual people tune into, the, you know, horse racing coverage, I always wondered what the reception to that bit was from everybody else, but, like, the people that care... I really loved it. What was the reception to the, the Chip Woolley bit over the years? Um, I I can't tell you that I remember any. I mean, the people around me all approved it and liked it. You know, but again, that was in the horse race world. But it, the reference was that Chip, it was his truck is what it was. That's right. Chip Woolley was the trainer of Mind That Bird who won the Kentucky Derby. 50 to 1. Ridiculously long odds. And, and he drove the horse from New Mexico to Churchill. Uh, you know, where most big time outfits, you know, fly their horses in unless it's a close ride. And he was just kind of the small time guy that, you know, hit the jackpot. They made a movie about it. And I can't even remember the entire thrust of that story. I think we, we made some other joke about making it to Belmont in the truck or whatever. And we (laughs) sat in the truck and did the interview. Um, But yeah, we did stuff like that oftentimes where we weren't sure how it was going to be received even in our own little show group, much less, you know, by the wider audience. But I, I think you stick to what you know and what you believe in. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, all, by and large, we were happy with the way most stories turned out. We definitely did some that even our little group afterward, that my producer, me and whoever was involved were like, all right, that wasn't very good. We <laughs> shouldn't have done that. You know? And in fact, we did one where we made fun of our own story the very next week. We did this horrible story about it was thanksgiving week and we were doing uh a story about the a player who who had relatives you know like in his bloodline way back to the pilgrims right okay and it just wasn't very funny it was poorly written poorly acted poorly executed and poorly received as well so the next week we were doing a takeoff on the movie inception called interception and we were at green bay pretending we wanted uh, Aaron Rodgers to finance this movie that we were thinking of. So we knew our last story sucked. We gave him the line to say, like, why would I trust you after that horrible thing you did last week? And then we showed a clip. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes you can mock yourself and, you know, like you just keep going, right? You got There's always the next one to do. I always say, like, somebody young in the business, you're probably going to be better, you know, your second day than your first or your second year than your first. And after you've done stuff a long enough time and you've made hopefully the worst of your mistakes earlier, you know, you're still going to take chances and miss. There's all sorts of singers or people in Hollywood or whatever that do their art. And it's like, Oh, that wasn't a very good album as it turns out. And that was, that movie sucked. You know, like <laughs> you, you can't, you can't hit a home run every time. Right. 
Uh, that's true. That's true. It doesn't happen every time. Sometimes, unfortunately, the misses. With a baseball player that hits 300, they're going to the Hall of Fame, right? Well, they 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 struck out a bunch of times in the process. That's the way it goes. Kenny Maine is with us. Kenny I Hayne. say hitting a baseball is harder than making a movie, though. Pro- so. Probably, probably at that level, a little bit harder. Although I don't know, it's not easy to make a movie. Um, to be fair, Kenny Maine's with us on Glenn Clark Radio. Well, Kenny, you know it's it's interesting to me because I. I, I remember watching your final sports center. I was, I mean, I, I don't know. If I, I'm a big Kenny Main fan. I really enjoyed you, and I love Marshawn being part of it and the whole thing. And I remember thinking to myself that night, I, I just wonder if maybe Kenny isn't ESPN anymore. And I'm not trying to take a shot at them, but I'll compare it to the fact that, you know, like all we're talking about in Baltimore this week is this stupid quote about Lamar Jackson in The Athletic and an honest GM and the dumbing down of the discourse and just saying anything for the sake of saying it. And it's not unique to ESPN. It's it's how a lot of this business has gone. And I I would think that like if somebody walked into you and said, hey, Kenny, we want you to do that, I would think you would say, yeah, that doesn't really sound like something that I'd be much interested in doing. Is there is there any reality to maybe that, that you just weren't going to do the things that maybe they wanted to do as, as a media company any longer. No, I don't think that was really a part of it. They, ESPN still putting out great shows. They broadcast great games and, you know, seven days a week, they have some shows where that's the point of the show is to argue about whatever the latest supposed controversy was or who should get traded or who's elite or whatever these debates are. Right. That was never my thing. I, more typically did sports center where the, it was just the news of the day, right? It was whatever happened today. We're going to report it. Here's the game that just ended. Here's this. So that, that happened. And that's what I enjoyed the most because it, it was, there was the immediacy of it. There was kind of the adrenaline rush of, you know, a no hitter just happened. We have 90 seconds to figure out the top of our show. Sure. Like those kind of things were what made it really fun. And what I still think they do, you know, it's not like they stopped doing that. There's a whole lot of other time to fill. It's never been, you know, something that I, as a consumer, am that high on, like listening to people argue on the radio or listening on TV about stuff that I don't find to be <laughs> worth the argument, I right, guess. Right, Like, are, are we really... There's an audience for it. Yeah, we're really so, doing LeBron James yeah, and Michael Jordan again? Like, that's really what we're doing with our day? That's how people are choosing to spend yeah, their time? Yeah, especially when... Especially when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the best player ever. So, I mean, that's a dumb question and argument to begin with. I don't know why, and, and basketball is not the only one. The Jordan thing is always there. But they do it with quarterbacks. They do it with best college, whatever. It's like, I, I just never found that argument to be very interesting because there's so many other factors to consider. The way the game was played at a certain time, uh, who, the, who certain stars were playing against. You know, you could go on and on, and even like quarterbacks back when defenses could play bump and run the whole field, that was a different game than yeah. where they protect the quarterbacks now, and there's the five-yard rule and all. So it's kind of hard to even compare errors in the first oh place. Oh, my God. And oh. after you have all those arguments, what happens anyway? Nobody gets a yes. prize. Cor- correct. There's no parade for the fact that you – by the way, what you're bringing up, we, had, we literally just had this conversation yesterday about the stupid uh, Jerry West, J.J. Reddick thing. Where I'm, I'm like, my God, Jerry West could He wasn't making the money that these guys are making. He couldn't spend as much time dedicating himself to training and sleeping in hyperbaric chambers because they didn't exist. 
at that point. Yeah. Like, what what is this conversation? Who knows what Jerry West would be in this? Like, I, I don't understand why we get obsessed with these things. Like, we've got it. There's got to be something better to do with your time. You've got to be able to have a hobby. Take up cross-stitching, something. There's just got to be a better way to spend time than doing this type of stuff. Yeah, I think... I always, I mean, I played, I wasn't any big star, but I played through college. And so I had a sports background, but all the while I was playing, my goal was not to do something related to sports originally. It was to be in more serious endeavors, you know, in in the history or politics or documentaries. And I started that way, like in local news is what I was, I was starting out as. Then sports just kind of happened. The show that I, or the station I worked for added weekend shows when before they only had Monday through Friday. Okay. And it was like, Hey, you played football, you're doing sports. That's kind of like how my sports broadcasting career started. So I, I, um, I never knew that. I never knew that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, now I can, you know, kind of do a little of everything. That's awesome, man. Uh, Kenny man, just another minute or two with him. Kenny, do you under, do you, does it make sense to you just to bring it back to Baltimore for a second? Why Lamar Jackson is such a polarizing thing. Like I, I hate just immediately, and I and I know you know the way that you lean in in your political thinking. I hate just immediately going to well, everyone's just a racist because I don't. Maybe it's I just don't want to believe that, right? But my God, like I, we've never seen someone so talented and so incredible that is still so insanely maligned, just nonsensical things that are said about someone who is so incredible, and I and I hate to think that the answer is just because racism, but boy, it's really hard to dismiss that possibility as you have the conversation. Um, I would agree with your summation of it, although I, you, know, you can't speak for everyone why they make objections or have such a strong opinion about somebody. For one, going back to what we were just talking about, I'm still astounded that people even have such strong opinions about especially things that don't even relate to them. Like I, I'm sorry, God love, but I can't sit here and debate the Mets infield for very long, right? Like <laughs> right. it doesn't matter. God love the Mets fans who want to debate that for a while, but not me. But you know, that's the the sort of farcical approach to it. But what you say is true. Like if you really, if there was some study done, you know, like a, like a real true independent, no bias type study, and you and you were to I would I would argue that the controversy that you're describing would be higher if the subject were a black quarterback than the white quarterbacks across the board. Yep. I don't know that that's hundred percent true, but I'm agreeing with your original premise that that has to play into it to some degree. It has to. I just I don't know how else to describe it, right? I don't know. It's such an unreal phenomenon that you just come back I mean, to yourself. And you're like, okay, I guess. And it's still in my lifetime, I, I walked on at Washington. Warren Moon was the quarterback there. And then I went to JC and then UNLV eventually. Warren Moon had to go play in Canada, right? Right. Like, right. They weren't going to give him the, the shake that he deserved. And that's just crazy. And then I play with Randall Cunningham in college. So, like, in two different camps, I've been with two of the best quarterbacks who just happened to be black. Um, and it was just strange to watch it like in my lifetime my playing lifetime how that whole thing has changed where there really was that type of criticism unjustifiably so just because they were black like it was a thing that oh there are now black quarterbacks like that was that's kind of crazy to look back as old as i am to know that like in my lifetime in my playing lifetime 
that sort of played itself out. You think it did. Right. There are so many players now, you know, just based on skill to get in or don't get in, but yet that is still around, right? That's still a discussion. Something you're bringing up as a premise for wondering why in the hell this is the case. He's Kenny Mayne. Uh, you know, quickly, uh, you, you happy that it worked out with uh, Baltimore keeping the Preakness that like it didn't go down the road to Laurel Park? Like, you know, do you feel like it would be a lesser event if it had gone somewhere else? I mean, it, the place has needed a new paint job for a while. Yes. I'll, I will say that. Yes. Um, but I love coming to Baltimore. I always have. I love the people there. There's just, you know, every town has its feel, you know. And so I always have enjoyed, I, you know, I haven't covered horse racing. I've just gone down there, you know, for fun in more recent years. Um, but yeah, I mean, should they, uh, throw some money at it and make the place uh, a little nicer and, and fancier? Of course, that's easier to spend other people's money, of course. Right. Um, but it's such a great event for the people, not just the whole town, but literally just the people in that very neighborhood that at least for a couple of days a year, you know, there's a bunch of extra income that comes in for the restaurants, for people working the track, you know, secondary stores, parking, the guys who walk people's stuff down the street in a shopping cart, yep. like on and on and on. There are economic, positive economic benefits to that very community that where the Pimlico is, right? So I would have hated to see that loss just for those people, for starters. And, and you know, like I say, Baltimore is a great race town, has great history. And and I'm I'm hopeful that you know it continues in the future and just gets better. At Kenny underscore Maine on Twitter, and again, Hey Maine is the podcast via Odyssey. Anything else I can plug for you, sir? Uh, we have a Veterans Foundation. Let's get that out. I love that. So I ruined my ankle playing football way back when, and not to bore you with that whole story, but I through several decades, I guess it is you know, many surgeries and it just wasn't working. I basically have a fused ankle, self-fused ankle, so I can't do that much. But I found this device in Gig Harbor, Washington, and I got one and literally ran on day one with no pain on a treadmill. So after, you know, crying for about two hours, I called my wife and we both decided let's do something, uh, you know, to show our gratitude, you know, for this blessing. And we started a foundation called Run Freely. It's runfreely.org. And we raise money and get these on the legs of veterans who need them. So uh, I'd lost count. I think we're in the 30s, high 30s, wow. of number of veterans who've been benefited by it. Had a lot of good support from different athletes and folks, you know, who just put out the word or sent them money. Jamal Crawford's our biggest benefactor. And, um, you know, we're just kind of going a dollar at a time. So we're, That's awesome. we just got one recently. Now we're raising money to get the next one out. The magic device, he calls it. And again, runfreely.org. Great. That's awesome, man. Uh, you know, I, I was a Kenny Main fan already, but it just adds to um, what, what makes you such a special dude. Uh, Kenny, really enjoyed this, dude. Congratulations on the podcast. We'd love to catch up again down the road. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Kenny Main checking in with us here on GCR. Man, he's the best. I love that guy. All right. Um, boy, we are uh, behind, but i got to try to squeeze in a break before we talk to uh, Colton Kowser. So let's do that now. When we come back in, we'll go to Bowie. We'll chat with Colton Kowser. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Birdland, join in on the fun and celebrate the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, August 6th, as the O's take on the Pittsburgh Pirates at 5.05. The first 15,000 fans, 15 and over, will receive a 30th anniversary Oriole Park t-shirt. 
Then stay post-game for the Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite, I Love the 90s Concert, featuring Drew Hill with a special performance by Cisco and Smash Mouth. Tickets start as low as $15 at Orioles.com slash tickets. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. Get your tickets now for the premier high school lacrosse games of the year. The 17th annual All-America Lacrosse Boys and Girls Senior All-Star Games will be on Saturday, July 30th at Johns Hopkins Historic Homewood Field. This is your chance to see the future lacrosse stars up close and in person as they showcase why they are the best in the country. Go to allamericalacrosse.com and get your tickets now. That first sip, that first bite, mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley and I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me. Right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Wednesday edition of the program. It's time for us to make our weekly trip down to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. Joining us now, Orioles' first-round pick a year ago, and a man I just <clears throat> want to go over these numbers with you. Since he got the call up to Bowie, 20 games, 65 at-bats. Um, his slash lines, 308, 483, 631. For an OPS of 1,114. I hear that's good. He's Colton Kowser, and he's back with us here on GCR. Colton, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. 
No, thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, dude, what have you been eating for the last three weeks? And how do we make sure that you never eat anything else for breakfast, for example, ever again to keep this up? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, I, you know, just kind of eating whatever, whatever <laughs> I come by, I guess you could say. Um, Maybe are you not the you most know, superstitious type? Specific. You're, you're, are you? A yeah, su- nothing too specific. Okay. I'm just. Uh, yeah, just getting my meals in. Hey, man. That's all I can say. It's it's working. I know that much. You know, it's supposed to be more difficult when you move up a level, right? Like you're aware that it's not supposed to be easier <laughs> when you jump up the double A. W- what is it? Like what what is going on? Can you define it or is this just sort of baseball? Like, hey man, sometimes you just it's your week, whatever it is. Yeah, you know, I think that it's um, you know, that that is what's supposed to happen and I think that it is you know I think that it's definitely more challenging but I also think that's baseball and I think that um it being my first full season I think some things are starting to click um when it comes to the approach and you know what I'm trying to do with the plate and uh you know as of late they've just been clicking the important question is does it maybe have anything to do with finishing a 7,500 piece lego millennium falcon does that like inspire confidence like if I can do this that I can do anything. Um, yes and no. You know, I definitely think that you know building that it. You know, I'm still not done with it. Oh, you're still okay. You know, I know I've kind of I've kind of been lax about it, but I would say you know, you know that definitely takes your mind off things. Um, you know, gets your mind going, I guess, in a different different sense. Um, really brings out the creative side and uh, takes your mind off the game of baseball. So, I don't know. I don't know. I know Gunner Gunner's been killing it as well. Joey most Joey Ortiz most recently yeah. uh, built a Lego set as well and he's been killing it. So who knows? There could be a connection. Wait, maybe so this is spreading, you're saying, that maybe other guys are seeing what it did for you and now they're saying I need to step up to the plate and do something similar. There might just be a correlation between, you know, giant Lego Star Wars sets and success uh, at the plates. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's uh <laughs> You know, it's not spreading just because, you know, I think that, you know, some people have been like, oh, you actually enjoy doing that. I'm like, yeah. And then uh, I know Gunner as well. He's He's been building his and uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's pretty interesting, I would say. But uh, I know Joey just built a Lego set and he's been killing it. So I think there's there's a correlation. All right. So you know how much attention this got during the course of the season. It, for you, is it more like you're into doing the Lego stuff or is it more you're a Star Wars fan, and so it's something you can do to feed your Star Wars fandom. Oh, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I've always, I always love using my hands and building things. Okay. Um, and I think Legos is a little bit less uh, dangerous than actually doing some woodworking and stuff like I used to do. Um, wait, wait, wait. How much? And, wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop. Woodworking. What were you doing? Yeah, you know, just. Small, small little projects, like if something needed to be built around the house or things like that, you know, I've always, I've always been creative with my hands. That's and, awesome. You know, like to build things. What kind of, um, what kind know, of stuff? Wait, give me, give me some examples. What kind of stuff were you building? Um, I, well, I was construction management major, so we built things for school. Um, you know, I built a couple, you know, refurbished some chairs, I guess you could say, you know, just for the backyard and stuff. Uh, That's dope. My buddy and I, my buddy and I, we built a, a little gun cabinet, gun case over COVID. That was fun. Um, you know, some some things here and there. 
Dude, you're legitimately what what is it like to be talented? You can play baseball and you can build things with your hand. I'm so all I can do is talk about dumb sports. That's all the only skill that I yeah. have. What's it like to be talented, man? <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I think anyone anyone can do it. Um I also built some cornhole boards. I like doing things like that. You know, those are That's those dope. are fun to play with. That's dope, man. That's really cool. You know, I just it gives my dad and I we, we, we do things together and it's you know I enjoy it. That's really cool, Colton. That's, I mean, that's, I really, I'm not, I'm not making fun of it at all. I think it's incredibly cool. I think it's an awesome no. thing to do. Um, are you, are, are you the type that needs to have a project like that when, when you're not playing baseball, like just the way that you're fueled is like, I've got to have something else to direct my juices towards. Oh, well, not necessarily. Um, like I said, I think if something needs to be done around the house, then uh, I think that uh, you know, my dad and I always try to find a way to to like you know if we can do it ourselves we'd rather do it ourselves than pay someone else to do it i think okay. that's kind of the way i was raised in the way um i am so I, I i think that that's just kind of how i am i so desperately want to be like you a, a couple years ago i realized that i don't know how to change my own oil in my car and so i was like hell bent like i'm gonna do this like i am changing my oil and i'm literally walking out <laughs> i'm like i'm, I'm all I'm, I'm getting jacked up I've watched um, like YouTube videos, the whole thing, and then I, I searched specifically for the car that I had at the time, like how do you change your oil, and the first thing it says is, do not attempt to change your own oil. It's the most difficult car in the history of humanity to change your own oil, and I'm like, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> this was my moment. That's interesting because, yeah, that's interesting because like, I would say, uh, you know, I don't know how to change any oil or anything, but like earlier this year, I did changed my own headlight out did that yeah you know it's just youtube youtube's a good friend um you know plug some tires every once in a while so i went i went to a concert i went to a concert on saturday night and I, I lost my voice which is very bad for what i do for a living um as you would imagine colton and on sunday mm -hmm. I, I had to do the radio show and i was like i need some hot tea and i walk into the break room and there's this machine that i've never seen before in my life i'm like how in the hell does this thing work and all i did was just search it on youtube but when i when i was able to just make some hot tea i felt so accomplished that i literally high five my radio partner like man i did something today i accomplished something i felt like i had uh, overcome just because i watched a youtube video and it taught me how to use a stupid machine that's how low the bar is by the way <laughs> i just yeah really i mean hey I it's like baseball. You want to you you got to take your small wins. There you and go. You know you got to run with them. You there gotta you build go. off of them. There then, you go. You know, going in the baseball thing, that's where you got to you got to take your uh, small wins and build off of it. So Col a little connection there. Colton Kowser's with us in the Bowie Bay Sox. Dude, you're a year into this now. Um and obviously the numbers are are bonkers as you've made this jump. You're at the AA level. How good do you feel about the progress that you have made over the course of the last 12 months? yeah you know i'd actually like to think i'm actually you know quite not like proud of myself but i am i'm glad that you know things have kind of come full circle and you know i've learned a whole lot this past year about myself and about this game and i think that it's nice to finally see see some production out of it um you know this beginning of the year was a little a little rough or at least i wasn't to the expectation i would like to be and uh so now it's like I kind of have a good routine. I kind of, I have a good idea of what I'm trying to do with the plate against certain arms and, you know, going out there and executing a plan. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. You've got 25 doubles on the season. Um, a lot of people would say, Hey, you know, in, in early in someone's career, 
you watch, those doubles are going to turn into home runs. And as you move a few years down the road, it's going to really um, improve those home run totals. Do you do you feel like you're the type that like you're coming into your power and that those numbers, those home run numbers, are going to go up in the next couple of years as those doubles start turning into home runs? Yeah, you know, I'm not necessarily going to going to say that I'm not going to, you know, I think power is something that like it comes over time and I'm not going to, I'm not going to force, force my hand on it. I'm not going to try to do too much. Sure. Um, Cause that's something I think, I think I was trying to do at the beginning of the year. I was trying to do too much and it kind of threw the whole approach out of whack. Um, so, you know, I think over time as you continue to play baseball, as crazy as it sounds, I've played my whole life, but I think that, you know, those things are going to come just the longer you play. So uh, yeah. I'll leave that at that. I understand that, I, and I like that. I think that you know, just do do what it is that you're doing. It's working, man. Like, there's no doubt about that. Um, the the general feel, like in this organization, you you arrived, and you know, this was a team that was well on their way to having another number one overall pick a year ago. Now at the top, it's a team that's in the thick of a playoff race, and there's a bunch of you guys that are still coming in the coming years. Can you describe? what the feeling is like throughout this organization right now and the excitement that exists about what's going on here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, you know, I think that it, uh, it starts from the top and I think what they're doing at the big league level is really impressive right now. And I think that it, it definitely sends a little shockwaves through the, through the minor leagues and through the system, you know, when it comes to development and things like that. Um, so it's, it's really exciting. I dude, I think ever. Are you feeling it from the fans? Like, do you feel that when you go out to the ballpark, where like there is something special that's going on here? Yeah, I mean, you notice that there's, you know, there's more people at the Orioles games now, and I feel like that is starting to trickle down throughout the minor leagues. I feel like we're getting, you know, some good crowds out there, and I know, you know, even if it's just like a Tuesday night or whatnot, I feel like we we do have some good crowds. All right, so I was told something, and I don't have a number to back it up, but I was told by somebody who was out to see you recently that you have a knack for being hit by pitches. Is there some truth to that statement? Uh, for some reason, you know, we talk about getting moved up to double A. I've, I've some, for some reason, been, been hit by quite, quite the what, amount of pitches. What is going uh, on? Not, <laughs> I know my, my freshman year of college I got hit quite a bit, so I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not crowd of the plate or anything by any means i don't know it's you know it just kind of happens it's just sort of is one of these weird things um i i know it i mean look getting on first base helps like then the, the, it doesn't hurt your on base percentage i know that much but like what what is what how do you react when you are you are you pissed off or are you the type that's like hey man i'm i'm happy to go stand on first base like what's the reaction for you when that happens yeah you know i'm anytime you get on base it's a good thing um you know, for me, the goal is get on base two times a game, and, you know, that, that helps me check half that goal, um, <laughs> you know, especially if it's two strikes or something and I get hit with, like, a back foot slider or something. I mean, that's, that's a free base. you got to right. take that. Right. You always just want to say thank you. Like, hey, dude, appreciate it. You bailed me out on that yeah. one. Thank you. It absolutely helps in the process. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, Colton, so give me just one other thing. So we mentioned the Star Wars, but what, what else What else are you spending? You, get a, a, you got a little bit of time off last week. Um, how'd you spend that time when you get a Monday off? What's, what's an off day look like for you these days? Off day. Yeah. Off days are, uh, you know, they're fun. Uh, you know, you got to take them whenever, whenever you get them and, uh, you know, we have it every Monday. So, uh, I'm trying to think what I did last Monday. 
Um, we got back. And I slept in a little bit. And then I uh, went to dinner with some of the guys, you know, hung out, made some phone calls back home. And then uh, just kind of hung out. All right. You, are, you yeah. a, are you a video gamer at all? I am, but it's actually crazy. I don't really haven't hooked up my system since we got back. We got back from a road trip, and it's just kind of been sitting in the backpack. But, uh, you know, you know, just when it comes to our schedule and stuff, like we get, get back. I'm just, I'm just kind of tired. tired. I get so it. I just end up, end up going to sleep. All right. All right. What about golf? Are you a golfer? That is one thing that everyone loves, loves to do on Mondays. Um, I know there was quite the amount of guys that went out to uh, golf this past Monday. I was just going to get in the cart and go drive around a little bit, but uh, uh, I ended up not doing that. So, so you like hanging out, but you don't like actually playing? Yeah, you know, I just like being around the guys, you know. I, I get that. that. You know, I think that, that you would go back on that one we talked about, the organization. I just, I feel like a lot, like the whole organization has a great, you know, vibe to it. I That's don't cool. know why I said vibe, but you know, everyone has, <laughs> everyone has a great relationship. I feel like there's a lot of great dudes in the organization. Um, and, uh, you know, we're all looking out for each other. By the way, I'm way more like in, in pro ball. So cool. I gave up. I was so bad as a golfer that I gave up. I'm way more inclined to be like, Hey man, I'll come out, hang out, have a beer with you. Like, I'm happy to do that, but you know, <laughs> you're not going to want me to come play with you because you're going to get really pissed off after about two holes. You're going to be like, dude, why did I invite you? That's the way that that goes. Hey, the Bay Sox are yeah. home this week and uh, there's a lot of great events. It's Wolf Wednesday coming up tonight at six 30 and then a 12 o'clock day game tomorrow. And then this weekend, um, a tremendous bobblehead giveaway on Sunday. Grayson Rodriguez super bobblehead giveaway this coming Sunday. Go to BaySox.com to find out more about everything coming up this weekend and get your tickets. Uh, Colton, what about you on social media? Are you, You're you on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere where Orioles fans can be giving you a follow? Yeah, I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Um, those are kind of what I get on. I post every once in a while. Um, so yeah, it's, I know it's Kowser Colton on Twitter. What about on Instagram? Uh, it's just Colton Kowser. Colton Kowser on Instagram. Flip right there, you know, give him a follow there. Hey man, a lot of fun. Really appreciate you taking the time for us. And my God, may you continue to be putting up these numbers for years upon years to come, uh, as you move your way towards Baltimore. Thank you for taking the time for us, dude. Let's do it again soon. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it, Glenn. Yep, Colton Kowser joining us here on GCR um, down with the Bay Sox right now. And again, just putting up numbers, doing work at the moment. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Get out and see. It's also Island Luau uh, night this weekend. Fireworks on both Friday and Saturday night. It's Navy night at the ballpark on uh, Friday, which always is a very cool aesthetic because you get um, so many of the uh, the plebes out there in their dress. And it just it's a very cool scene when you're there that night. So encourage you um, to uh, get out to the ballpark at uh, Prince George's County Stadium this weekend with the Bay Sox being home. Well, again, yeah, so, yes. so I'm getting the sense that Star Wars Day in the next couple of years is probably going to be a big, big event. He seemed to like really play it down a little yeah. bit, though. Well, like, I mean, he, maybe he was uh, maybe felt a little embarrassed. Yeah, that's sure. the thing. And yeah. like, I'm, I wanted to make sure I'm not making fun of yeah, it at yeah. all. I really do Zach think it's... Zach Peake was very proud of his... Uh, yeah, he was. That's right. <laughs> that's a great point. Um, I... I, in fact, think it's remarkable. Whenever everybody, whenever I hear, I, I get so jealous. I'm not blaming my dad. My dad is, I love my dad. 
But I'm like, damn it, why didn't you teach me these things? And I know the answer might be that he tried. Like, he might have attempted to teach me how to do certain things, and I just was not interested. I was like, hey, um, video games. I'm going to go do that instead, right? Like, that might have been what occurred. But I'm like, damn it, I can't make anything with my hands. He's out here making chairs. Like, I, I don't even know how it would start. It, it was a miracle that I was able to put my kid's crib together when he was born. Like, I... So jealous. I'm so jealous of people that have skills. I have no appreciable skills. All I can do is this, and I'm not even good at that. Throw away my voice at a third eye blind concert. It's the only thing I have. Today's show brought to you by uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Not only is it the place to be for UFC 277 on Saturday night, you can watch the fights for free, bet them on the 61 self-service kiosks, and come out well on top at the end of the night. But also start thinking about what your plans are going to be for football season, where you guys are getting together to watch Thursday night games, Sunday night games, Monday night games, even the Sunday afternoon games, Ravens games. You can go wherever you want to go, but the point is that you can make money when you go watch the games in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And unfortunately, you're not going to have mobile betting in the state of Maryland in time for week one of the NFL season. At best, it's going to come along somewhere later in the season. At best. So make your plans to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. UFC 277 on Saturday night. Football season around the corner. You can hold your fantasy drafts in the FanDuel Sportsbook with the great food from Sports and Social. Email events at sportssocialmd.com. Events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your spot for UFC 277 and to start reserving spots for football season. When we talk football, we love catching up with our next guest. He is, of course, former NFL GM. Um, does a lot of media work. He has his own website, Mueller Football. He does some stuff for Fox. He's, I think, involved with the XFL now. Just always love catching up with uh, Mr. Randy Mueller, who's back with us now here on GCR. Randy, it's Glenn. Always great to catch up with you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, my pleasure, guys. It's that time of year. We need to get cranked up, right? I, I, I And I hate the fact that I feel like anymore half the time we call you, it's because... Why in the hell is Lamar Jackson still not have a long-term deal? I just feel like <laughs> most of our conversations end up being about this. Randy, as you'd imagine, when uh, Kyler Murray did his deal, and I do want to talk to you about the independent uh, study clause, but we'll get to that in a second. As you'd imagine, there are a lot of people that said, well, if this is what Kyler Murray's getting, then imagine how much more Lamar Jackson is worth. And And one of the things that I've said is that doesn't really seem to be how this process works that it's not about right. where you are as far as the tier of quarterback as much as it's about when it is that you come up to get your deal. How much does Kyler Murray's deal actually matter in terms of what the framework is for a Lamar Jackson contract? Well, I think you hit on it. I do, Timing is part of it, right? That definitely factors in. I think it also your individual uh, place as a placeholder of one of these NFL franchises, when you're talking about quarterback, that matters as well. I think you, Lamar is, is such a unique, you know, and you guys have probably been through it at nausea, such a unique talent that I'm not sure anybody else's deal matters. But here's the bottom line. Your market value is what you can get. Yep. <laughs> and unless Lamar's willing to, you know, either withhold services or, or just take a one-year deal like Kirk Cousins did, 
um, that's really what's going to determine his worth. It's how how tough his stance is, and will it make sense for the Ravens at the end of the day? It's, to me, I think the Ravens have showed they're all in. It should be about working out, you know, what is important for Lamar, whether it's the guarantee, whether it's the average per year. Just pick a lane. As a, as a guy who's negotiated thousands of contracts, I want to make you look good too, but you can't have everything. So you got to pick one lane, and we'll figure out what's important for us, and then we'll make a deal. So there's a deal to be made. Obviously, Lamar is, is a unique case because if you were starting a franchise, and then it came out in this offseason in a couple of these polls, you know, he may not be listed in your top 10 guys to start a franchise with, but that's just based on style. You know, what kind of an offense do you want to run? How do you want to set yourself up to do it? That's why these pocket passers are always at the top of the list because that's what everybody's looking for. But Lamar has proved that to be fairly unique in that he can do it another way, and I think the Ravens have showed they're all in. So we'll see. I mean, obviously it needs to be worked out before they start banging heads and, and people risk injury especially in Lamar's case, and, and we've got some time before that happens. Are you are you surprised, Randy, that we're this far? This is the thing I keep coming back to, that it, it looks more and more as though Lamar really is going to play this year, and he's going to play at a number that is significantly less. For whatever it is that he might be trying to get out of a deal, he's signing up to play for $23 million this season, and that is not market value. <laughs> However you slice it, that's definitely not market value. Are you surprised that we've gotten to this point and, and training camp has started and there's still not a deal done with Lamar Jackson. Well, I am and I'm not. Like I said, I've done a million of these deals. And until time becomes of the essence, everybody can ask for whatever they want. So until that you know, week before the regular season starts or he's going to run out there to play in a significant game, I think that is the backdrop when things are going to happen. And, and timing, and, and we all know negotiations 101, it's all about timing and it's all about deadlines. So as soon as there's a deadline that he can't cross, if he's going to risk his future, then, then I'm probably going to take the deal. So he can still ask for things. And, and wherever you determine that time, time period to be, whether it's the regular season or, or wherever, he's, he's, I would assume, not going to risk his at $23 million. You're right, because that doesn't make sense. So the one other thought that I had about the Murray deal, Randy, was did we get an answer about the fully guaranteed thing? Like I, One of the conversations that came after Deshaun Watson was, hey, we can say it's an outlier, but why wouldn't every quarterback now ask for a fully guaranteed deal? And one of the interesting things I've heard back from people is, hey, look, you know, how many times are quarterbacks even getting cut? Like, Why does it even matter all that much to them? you know, getting something that's fully guaranteed. But does this definitively say, hey, we can we know now that Watson is definitely an outlier and that there aren't going to be more fully guaranteed deals that are going to be given out? I think that's probably the case. I do think the uniqueness of it still becomes a hurdle for every NFL team, and that's why most spoke out against it, because you're going to have to answer those questions. You're going to have to get over that hurdle before you even get into the teeth of a negotiation. So everybody's going to ask for that. And here's the big thing about it. I don't think it matters that much to the player in this situation. It matters a ton to the agent because they recruit off this deal. They're going to get their next quarterback based on, hey, I got you know, $230 uh, million fully guaranteed you know, for Deshaun Watson. So I think that's the big deal. It's the negotiator. It's the agent and how they use that to future their own agendas when, when acquiring or, or getting quarterbacks to represent. 
It's interesting. It's, it's interesting. Um, Randy Mueller is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Randy, obviously the, the headline that everybody took from the, the Murray deal is this independent study clause. And I just want to know what your reaction to it was. Like, it, there was so much that, that everybody thought it was so bombastic, and there was this really charged reaction to it. When you saw it, did you say, like, nah, I've, I've done some deals that had things like that in them, or did you think that it was as kind of crazy as everybody else did? I've never heard of anything like it. I've never okay. seen anything like it. I'm not sure I would ever want it in in my quarterback's deal because of the scrutiny it has caused. I think it's an issue in their own locker room, and really that's what I care about. I don't really care about the outside world, what they think. How is it going to affect me inside the locker room? And I think it will rear its head at some point. I just think it's so out there in that we take for granted that these franchise quarterbacks are going to be connected and all in and spend I mean, four hours a day, do you think Peyton Manning spent four hours a week? I mean, come on, seriously. Right. It's, this is a conversation that you would have maybe going into it before you got together, you know, before you got married. They, but they're married. He was the first pick in the draft. This should have been conversations that happened before Cliff made him, you know, the first pick. I think what it shows me is that they are not necessarily, I mean, they are, they are fully all invested in this style of play in Cliff Kingsbury. Obviously, him, Cliff and, and the quarterback share the same agent. So it's another, you know, stamp of, of, of approval that the Bidwell family is all in going this direction. It just, it makes me shake my head if we have to sit down and make our quarterback study and figure things out. That's, and now we hear people coming to the rescue, whether it's Lincoln Riley or some of these other guys saying he's one of those guys that just needs to know you know, tell me what I need to know, not not how the next step. Well, that may work in college. It doesn't work in the pros. Agreed. He needs to know everything about every system in place every week, and he's got to learn it. And if he's not willing to learn it, I just think it's hard to ever improve if you don't know what you're doing, and not only what you're doing, but you got to know the next step as a quarterback. I think it's we... one thing for a receiver, you know, or, or another position to not know the big picture. I just think in this case, you, we, we have taken for granted for years that the quarterback would want to know and study everything to the nth degree. I think what you, some, one of the things that you said in there really stands out to me, which is like the, the reaction to it and how much that hurts everyone involved. Like no one looks good in this yep. process. There's no benefit right. that comes for something like this. So to your point, like is, is this better handled by saying, hey, look, we're going to do this, you know, we need to know that there's going to be a commitment from you. Hey, if we're all on board, and if you have any question about it, you just say, well, then maybe you're not our guy, right? Versus right, right. putting it into a contract. Yeah, I totally agree. I think most of us that have been critical of Kyler Murray throughout the last three years come back to the point where he has to be able to process information from the pocket. They're going to keep him in the pocket eventually, and he's not the same quarterback. This just confirms all of the issues that we all think he had. And, and I don't really care what anybody else says. I don't think he's improved the last three years incrementally. And I think that's where the problem might lie. He's, he can call the play. He can run up and execute the play. But there's a difference between knowing what you're doing and knowing step three and four of how to adjust. And so I just think there's a lot of things that go into this deal. And, and the clause that we're talking about, to me, just confirms what we all thought and knew about leadership, about study habits, about all the things that we had doubts about. It just it, it puts it out there on the table and says, yep, we agree. We're going to try to fix it, though. 
All right. I wanted to ask you something specific that's that's come up in Baltimore, just because we're dumb and we can use the explanation. <laughs> um, David Ajabo is the Ravens' second-round pick, um, probably a first-round talent, falls into the second round because of an injury. And so, you know, he's a holdout. He's the only draft pick that's not signed, but it's it kind of is, you know, tongue-in-cheek because he wouldn't be practicing now anyway because he's hurt. So it doesn't really matter that he's not yeah. out there, and, and so it's not that big of a deal. Right. I thought when I heard this that it was probably a case of him saying, hey, look, um, I'm a first-round talent. I want to be paid as such. The reporting is that it's very unique, and it's related to a third-year guarantee. And apparently the Texans gave their second-round pick, Jalen Petre, a fully guaranteed third year in his contract. And David Ajabo is now looking for more of his third year to be fully guaranteed. Um is it surprising to you that another player got a fully guaranteed third year as a second round pick? Is this is this is big? Is this something that probably is not that big of a deal? And the two sides are going to figure it out really quickly. I think they're going to figure it out. I think it's been probably chosen for all the reasons that you said is he's going to be the sacrificial lamb. He's not going to miss a lot because he's hurt and wouldn't be practicing anyway. And again, it comes down to deadlines. When does he have to be in? When do we have to make a deal? We can ask for all of this stuff. I do know that a third-year guarantee for a second-round pick, um, if a team does you know, give in on that, the other teams you know, start wiping their brow. They just don't like giving in. They don't hmm. like starting precedent. And I, I've been involved in these things, but I know this, and, and Pat Moriarty for years has done the Ravens contracts great. They aren't going to change club precedent because of something that the Houston Texans did, and they'll stick to their – standards they'll stick to how they want it and this kid will eventually have to sign and when he figures out he's missing more than there is to gain from that third year guarantee he'll sign the deal okay so you don't think that this is going to be something that uh, all of a sudden it's going to become industry standard that guys get a third year guaranteed in their contracts i don't i think it just takes a strong front office obviously the ravens have that it may take some time i think the latter years of a contract are more important than the first year than the first few weeks than the first month I think they're going to hang on to their whatever they think is right for club policy. And if it's the, you know, we used to say the fifth year of a first round pick is more important than the first year, so we would stick to our guns. I don't think that theory is any different in this case. Okay, all right. I think that's interesting. Um, you know, Ray, just if I could, what what is the storyline to you as training camps get underway, as we you know start moving back to football, if you will? that maybe people aren't talking about quite as much that you say, I think this is a really interesting storyline that I'm going to be following as we get into the start of the season. Well, there's a couple things, and I just noticed it the last couple days in seeing the the, um, transactions from around the league, a new category called COVID progression. And I had not seen that before, and maybe it's just I hadn't, you know, been in the middle of it enough. But that's a new category where teams are using that to put players we were at, well, always under the impression that we could put players out for COVID reasons, but now we have COVID progression, which I don't know medically what that means. Yeah. Maybe that means long COVID. Maybe that means just not recovering from it. So that's an issue that I think you'll have to follow around the league, at least through camps. The other one for me is, and it's getting plenty of attention. It, it, I do. I always shake my head every time the Cowboys come up, but the Sean Payton sweepstakes have already started. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> where, oh, where, yeah. Where is Sean Payton going to go? You know, I, I don't like it. I don't like the spin. I don't like Jerry talking about it that he has options now. I just I just think that's that's a, that meant that's meant for trouble. Yeah, how you do, know, how do you how do you work as a coach in those circumstances when when your your owner's talking yeah. about somebody else? Like I 
Boy, I've been in awkward situations, at, you know, in offices. But my God, like, yeah. how does that work? I know, but I think the other thing is, I think Sean kind of turns the fire on his end, and and I don't like that. I don't like him talking about jobs that other coaches have at this point either. And the bottom line for me is I'm not sure the Cowboys is the best place for Sean Payton to go anyway. He's still going to have Jerry Jones having a press conference every Sunday after the game. I, don't, I just don't see where that's a good thing. So maybe he's going to use the, the price that the Cowboys are willing to pay to go elsewhere. I mean, I guess it's a story, but I just hate to see it at this time. And having known Mike McCarthy for 25 years, that's just a big burden that he's going to have to carry. And, and some say it's justified because they've struggled, but, I just, hey, we're just opening training camps. We're already right. worried about where Sean Payton is. Right, right. You know? you're, you're trying to win something, man. Like, geez, yeah, that is, please. That is rough. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's try to run through everything that we plug for you. Obviously, Mueller Football, yeah. the, the Athletic. I know you do a podcast there. You're working with the head. I'll let you. I'll let you do all the plug. What all do we need to plug for you, Randy Mueller? <laughs> I don't need any plugs. I just like football, right? And I try to stay involved as much as I can. I love the media aspect, and, and yes, the, the podcast with Mike Sando on The Athletic is something we do every Saturday. It's, it's become a, a nice little thing that we enjoy doing. That's been big. I do a lot of work for Heavy.com. That's another uh, on Facebook for the most part, a lot of videos there. And, and then, like you say, I have my own uh, stuff involved with Mueller football. But w- the newest thing that, that I've kind of taken on is the XFL, and, and with Jim Hazlitt, we'll run the Seattle XFL franchise. And I'm really looking forward to that. I love the build. I'm a, I'm a film watcher. I, I watch film in my sleep, I swear. But I enjoy building from scratch. And these XFL teams, and I've done it before, that's a great job if you do somebody something like I've done my whole life. So I'm looking forward to building the XFL teams and being involved with The Rock and Danny Garcia. has been It's been fun this first month, that's for sure. That's cool. That's very cool. Looking forward. To, I mean, I... Not I'm not a bad person. To maybe have the to be make a phone phone call to at some point. That's not a bad thing yeah, to be no, on the list. Right. At Randy <laughs> Mueller underscore is how you follow him on Twitter. Randy, truly appreciate the time that you take for us, sir. Thank you for doing this, and I have no doubt we'll be making this phone call again at some point in the coming weeks. Anytime, guys. I love it. Thank, Thank you. you, Randy. Randy Mueller with us here on GCR, former NFL GM and uh, media mogul these days. Appreciate him taking the time for us. All right, we'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit, we will get tubular, and we will wind things down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com glory days grill great food good sports get your tickets now for the premier high school lacrosse games of the year the 17th annual all america lacrosse boys and girls senior all-star games will be on saturday july 30th at johns hopkins historic homewood field This is your chance to see the future lacrosse stars up close and in person as they showcase why they are the best in the country. Go to allamericalacrosse.com and get your tickets now. 
The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasha Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and Poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes whose lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we start to wind down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Of course, glorydaysgrill.com. We haven't even gone through responses, have we? No, we haven't. We have a Man, it's been a busy day. Been a busy day. All right, we'll do that. Um, Hang on a second. Would you rather, number one, would you rather the Mets... You know, we all think that they're the ones that are going to be trading for Trey Mancini, but as it turns out, they they do want a bat. It's actually Ramon Arias that they want, though. And they say, "Hey, look, we're willing to give you a top ten prospect in order to get this done." Not, and I want, some people are struggling with this. Not one of baseball's top ten prospects. One of their <laughs> top ten prospects. My God, if it's one of baseball's top ten prospects, how quickly, <laughs> how quickly can we make that happen? One of their top 10 prospects in a package in order to get it done. And I think what you would read into that, and I unfortunately there's only so many characters I can have, it would be a non-top 100. It's not like the Mets system is so deep that like their eighth prospect is still the 90th best prospect in all of baseball. It would be someone outside the top 100, but one of their top 10 prospects, somebody legitimate. And keep in mind, the Orioles do have infielders on the way. Or no, Urias... Their best player right now, not doing it. Not doing it. He might be special. Which one? You want my answer? Yes, you go first. All right. Uh, I'm going to say uh, for sure I will trade Ramon Arias. I mean, he we got him for absolutely nothing. And to find out that he is actually worth value now to another team and they're willing to give us something that they value highly as well, one of their top prospects, 
Uh, to me, it's a no-brainer because Urias was never part of. I, I don't think he was ever part of the future. I mean, sh- this is a fun story that he's having a really hot July. He's having a good year, um, but this year to me means nothing. We don't know what. He, we don't know if he can sustain this. We, we have, I guess, we have you know a f- one full season to look at. But to me, that's not enough. And if somebody's willing to give you uh, a, a something rather large, in my opinion, for it. I think we have to do that. I don't think that I'm willing to say this is rather large. Um, I this is where I'm torn, and I had to define the thing for me. If if we're talking about a top 100 prospect in baseball, I would probably be inclined to agree. I think this falls back into the category now of what I was talking about with Trey Mancini, which is I, I think it's a trade for the sake of making a trade at some point. Now I still think that a top 10 prospect is better than you're going to do for Trey Mancini, to be clear. Um, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And the reason why is because I don't think that Arias falls so far off the face of the planet that it wouldn't be a deal that you could make at the end of the season. Um, I get it. Sometimes desperation is what you know creates something like this. The Mets swing and miss on the first couple of bats they were looking for and they just say oh the hell with it we'll give you this guy for that That, that, that's possible right it's possible that this is the only time you can make that trade but i kind of want to know more i kind of want to dive into this a little bit more at this point and i don't want to just make a trade for making a trade i get the arguments i completely understand it. by the way it's more people that are lining up with you Uh, let me go through some of these um uh 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 ycl says thanks to memories <laughs> lewis i would uh pull the trigger on that trade billy no keep arias 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 sorry arias just call him um, in no uh great versatility if anyone gets injured or if a young player comes up and struggles it would be good to have arias around um kz says yeah i mean i guess it's not like it's not like we're keeping a massive piece. Like he would be, I guess, a nice backup utility. I don't guy, understand what what KZ. I still don't understand what KZ is saying. He says nope for pitching only. Well, I didn't say the prospect <laughs> couldn't be a pitcher, Ken. I didn't. I didn't say it has to be another infielder that you're dealing him for. I just said it's a top ten prospect. So you got to answer based on that. Um, I guess he's. I going, would think we wouldn't trade for an infielder. I would. Yeah. Think. Um, but I, I don't know if that's what they're offering. Maybe that's what it would be. Um, uh, Orioles Idiot says Henderson is the only prospect that is better than Urias. No deal. Uh, TC, do it. He's specifically looking at uh, whoever Vientos is in the Mets system. I don't know much about uh, Vientos. I can't. Hang on a second. I'll try to find an answer. Uh, if the Mets are truly in on one, so I don't know. I, I don't. Hang on a second. Yeah. I. Uh, uh, you want me to read through it? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Anybody top 100 prospects? I'm just trying to figure out if he's. Oh, he's he's a corner infielder. Okay. Well, that's. So. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, top 30. Hang on. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up the Mets top 30 prospects right now. Vientos is their like 17 number, homers. Their number five prospect. Um, and is he in the top 100? Is the question because if he's in the top 100, he wouldn't count. He isn't not. He's not in the top 100. So this would be somebody that would count on that list. But yes, to your point, it doesn't appear to be. It seems to be a bit of a positionless bat that you'd be acquiring in that uh, type of trade. I, mean, I guess we could use a third baseman for this year. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you could honestly. You could. But, but yeah, then why are you not calling right. up Gunner? 
Right. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, Paul Novilando take the top ten prospect. The only current infielder that might be part of the future is Mountcastle. Everyone else is getting replaced by the cavalry from the 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 cavalry. I did the bit that everybody does. The cavalry from the miners that are on their way very soon. John Proctor, uh, I would do it all day for a pitching prospect. I'm not. This is the. I'm not telling you that it's a pitching prospect. I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, Brian Gill says make the trade from Tony. Tony says. Uh, Glenn, I'm torn. I feel like Henderson might be ready to come up now and could make up for whatever it is you're losing in Arias. But at the same time, he is definitely your best player at the moment, and I don't think I'm willing to part ways with that while I want them to pursue winning. They can do both. They can part ways with them and still pursue winning. I, I think. But I mean, this season, I don't think anything happens with but, this season. But that's the po- the like, point is, are you just willing to throw away this? And that's, for some people, they are. They're just... It's not about this. And I know I've said it. The priority is next year. But you're here now. Are you just willing to throw that away? I, I get it. We're still talking about a guy that we, we don't understand if he's really. What is this is the question that I started the show with today. What is Ramon Arias? But I'm not sure that I'm willing to throw it away. I, I, I don't think I can join you. The dude is hitting 400 for the last month. I got to ride that out. I got to ride that out. All right, uh, number two. Would you rather all Lamar Jackson slander ends immediately, gone forever, or actually, you know what? I I kind of love that chip on the shoulder mentality and, uh, you know, my favorite players and teams having to prove doubters wrong. Yeah, it's a little tough. Um, I mean, you think about, like, what, uh, Daniel Wilcox said yesterday, talking about, you know, the Ravens have always kind of been Baltimore's the black sheep of the NFL, and, like, they, we always just carry that natural chip on our shoulder. So, and it is a nice thing to kind of be thought of that way. Like, I can understand that sentiment. Um, but it is, it just seems, but at this point, it just seems so ridiculous how much everyone hates on Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, and it's and it's obnoxious, and it's and it's just hard to, it's hard to see that over and over um it, it's it's pretty impressive how he like it seems like he doesn't really care like he's able he goes out and performs no matter what and so um and maybe it is because he carries that chip on his shoulder and he always feels like he is trying to prove somebody wrong so maybe it could have a reverse effect so maybe uh i'm just yeah i'm just gonna say i want this leonard end it's too it's too much i, it's I, I my specific I don't like seeing it. my specific reason for it is what i brought up with doug farrar earlier the only re- way that I worry that it impacts Lamar is that is the running thing. I worry sometimes that Lamar hears the insanity and thinks he's supposed to run less. And that's insane. It's bonkers. It's bat-ass that Lamar Jackson would run less. So for that specific reason, I too would say I want the slander to end. I get it. It's the reason why I asked the question is because... Um, as um, my friend Eric or um, Bay, because he's uh, Rita's boyfriend, uh, likes to say, it seems like from the outside. Let me uh, pull up the exact tweet that he sent. Eric said, um, I think this is interesting because outside looking in, as much as Ravens fans bitch about Lamar slander, I do think there's a part of y'all that enjoys being riled up and or underestimated. There is. I hear from you all the time. All of you. I love this. Just let them go prove the doubters wrong. That's the reason why I included this in Would You Rather Wednesday, because I hear that all of the time. But me, even if I think that Lamar Jackson handles it well, and even if 
I get it. There is something fun. It is more fun to be an underdog. It is more fun to do the unexpected than to win when everybody thinks you should win, right? Like, there's something more fun about that. But at the same time, I'm winning a championship however you win a championship. I don't care if you're the underdog, if you're the favorite. You got to win a championship. That's the part that I care about at the end. And I think the Ravens' chances of winning a championship are better if Lamar runs more. And if the slander is impacting how much he runs, then I want the slander to end. And I don't know that. It's just a theory that I have. So I want the slander to end. Um, Responses lean more towards people that want the slander to continue. And I'm not surprised by that. John Proctor, let him silence them with wins. Keep the shade coming. I feel like the Ravens in general perform better when considered lesser a lesser team or players historically based on no actual stats. I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, Paul Novelander, the slander and quotes from the always anonymous sources seem somewhat personal and an obvious bias against Lamar. So I would prefer they just end. A faction of folks always moving the goalposts on him has gotten tiresome. And KZ, I like the chip. Keep dumping on him. From uh, uh, JAMA, uh, many forget or don't know that Michael Jordan faced these types of ridiculous takes early in his career before winning a chip. That's what drove his obsessive behavior or to- of totally destroying his opponents and humbling whomever he felt slighted. Who hum- humbling whoever he felt slighted him. Got it. Um, the takes were he can score, but he cannot win. Okay? From Kim, the slander is absurd. Even if Jackson never wins a Lombardi... Uh, he's been and seems that he'll continue to be a fun and exciting player. And comparing others in this league is just silly, or comparing players in this league is just silly. The talent is way too deep to put one in front of the other. Just enjoy them all. So she wants it to end. Uh, Lewis, I love the chip on the shoulder and proving all the doubters wrong. I like ask. I love asking them what crow tastes like. From Dave, this is a good one. I always like the chip on the shoulder thing. From Brian, give me the chip. From Ryan, who's not Brian, there's Brian and there's Ryan. Ryan says, as much as I say I'm sick of it, I probably am the type that would rather it exist because I do think it inspires players to perform at even higher levels, continue to say nonsensical things, let these guys back it up on the field. And number three, in honor of Channing Crowder and some of the revelations that he has made about his personal life, which seem completely unnecessary but now we know would you rather you're single you meet someone they're a 10 they're amazing you like everything about them you get into the relationship and then you find out they want you and you have to role play as a cat a stray cat and they're a crazy cat lady or you've got to go on vacation at least once a year to a nudist colony uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because I saw the uh, you know, the Kevin Hart clip of the nudist colony one, and yes. he makes some good. He ma- Kevin Hart makes some very good points of why that is. So I mean, it's, it's crazy. Period. But yeah. Like uh, he makes some good points there. So I think I guess I'll lean towards the cat. Thing. Ah, <laughs> ah, you're doing that, huh? You're doing that. <laughs> I, I I don't yeah I don't really uh I don't want to go to a nudist colony and uh, yeah and especially you know the the eggs um the breakfast buffet yeah having, having that you're looking over and you're yeah. standing at breakfast and there's you know there's a, something a, a wang <laughs> you're just looking at you're just looking at a penis right there <laughs> hey man uh, how are the eggs this morning oh hello hello yeah um KZ who I happen to know is a cat guy sends a picture of a cat yeah. saying that's the route that he's going to go weird 
weird. Uh, Sounds excited. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lewis, uh, if it's only once a year, I guess I would go to the nudist colony. John Proctor, I hate cats, so give me the colony trip. Well, you know, there's not actually any cats involved. John, I don't know if you understand. No actual cats were harmed in the making of this role-playing that uh, Channing Crowder is doing with his wife. Uh, from Dave, I, Glenn, I don't think I could be around that many people that are naked. As was pointed out by Kevin Hart, you know they're not attractive. <laughs> I hear you. I think the best, most compelling argument comes from Jeff, who says one of these things is happening privately. No one ever right. needs to yeah. know the role Unless playing you're that Channing I'm doing, Crowder, I guess, and, and you just feel like announcing yeah. it on your podcast. No one ever needs to know the role playing I'm doing. However, if you go to that nudist colony, you never know who else might be there at the same time, and that might be something you're never able to recover from. That's a fair point, right? Like, imagine if you show up at the nudist colony, and like, we see each other there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you doing here? Oh, you hang out here too? Oh, that's wild. There's no coming back from that. Like, there's just no, there's no showing back up at work on a Monday and everything's just all right. Like, that's, it's, it's there forever. And everybody knows now. Like, cause that person could go back and tell everybody, you know, you know, I, we found, I have, there are things that, I've, about people that I have known in my life that they have desperately wanted to keep secret. You can't keep it secret forever. If you're making trips to hedonism, someone else is there. And that someone is going to tell other people. Now, I don't care. I certainly am not. I do, uh, one thing I say all the time, we do not kink shame here. I want to make that abundantly clear. We do not kink shame. But the idea that you're keeping it private forever, whatever it is that you're doing, not, not going to happen if you're going to a nudist colony. Someone knows you're there. Someone knows. And it's going to come out at some point. And so to Jeff's point that the other one, there's a greater likelihood of you being able to keep that your deepest, deepest, darkest secret. He's right. He's right. All right. Continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, somebody will win a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill brings you Would You Rather Wednesday each and every week. Um, if you haven't picked up the new print issue of Pressbox yet, you need to do that right now. It is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. It is our Salute to Coaches issue with John Harbaugh on the cover. Go get it today. What you got for us for Tidbit? All right, Tidbit. So, you know, last night watching the Rays and the Orioles play, uh, you know, I mean, the Rays who have, I meant to look it up. Shoot, I wanted to do that before. Mm. Well, that's uh, what their, like, team batting average was. Because it's got to be low because every single night they have, like, four guys that are batting 100. Um, oh yeah, but they had like thirteen hits last exactly, night. That's my like that, that. So that's yeah. what I was getting to. They had twelve hits last night. Like you know, like Roman Quinn, he had two hit two hits last night. He's a career two twenty seven hitter. Uh, Isak Paredes hit a hit a homer. He had two hits. He's a career two twenty guy. Luke Rayleigh. The had Rays two hits. are hitting two forty as a team this really? season. Really, that's kind of so surprising. they are a better hitting team than the Orioles, who hit at the two thirty four clip. Really? Although, by the way, this is interesting because I have kind of dumped on the Orioles for being a bottom third offense a little bit. They're six points off. And the Rays are 17th, the Orioles. Like, the, to be fair, um, the Orioles are hitting as a team, even even through this stretch, 234. Um, the, the Cubs are hitting 246 in their 13th. I mean, that's it's 12, kind of, that's yeah, it's kind of interesting difference. how batting average, I guess, yeah. doesn't really dictate, you know, doesn't doesn't correlate with uh, the most successful. I guess, I, I guess OPS team. might be a better yeah. offensive. And that is what I will get into. And by the way, the Orioles are still a bottom third OPS. They're tied for 21st with the Nationals. The Orioles and the Nationals have the same OPS this season. 
Yeah, the, well, the Nationals got like Josh Bell and like Nelson Cruz, Josh yeah, Bell, both have driven okay, in 50 runs. Um, but, you know, these guys, like, I, I feel like whenever we play the Rays, somebody who hits, who's hitting like 150 is going to go yard or yeah, have multiple it does hits. Seem to happen. Like Lou Grayley. Yeah. Josh Lowe, last, like, two weeks ago before the break, he hit that homer and that helped them win one of those games. Um, so that brought, to the, brought me to the question that I have, and it's about Oriole Killers uh, with the Rays specifically, because it seems like. Just, at least to me, the Rays, it just seems like the most random guys always beat us. Um, so I decided to measure that with career OPS versus the Orioles. So I want to know if you can name the top nine Rays with the highest OPS against the Orioles with a minimum of 60 plate appearances. Oh, ever? Yes, ever. <laughs> Not a huge. I mean, the Rays don't have. How many huge. of them you want me to guess? I want the, I want the top nine. Right, we got we to gotta move quickly here. Okay, all right. Longoria. Longoria surprisingly not in all right. the top. A Rosarena. Top twenty. A Randy is number one with yeah, that, a one point one three eight. Surprise me at all. OPS. He's killing us over the last couple of years. Zobrist. Zobrist? No, not in the top nine. That's weird. Uh, I feel like Carl Crawford did some damage against the Orioles. Not in the top nine. All right, this is not going well. <laughs> I I might jump ship. This is not the Longoria Longoria does have the most home runs. He has forty against the Orioles in a raise uniform. Um Okay. If that means anything. Zobrist also has a he has a high OPS, eight seventy nine, just ahead of Longoria on the all time list. Okay. Uh Kiermeyer. No, not Kiermeyer. Wow. Uh, 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 it's, it's very uh, random guys. Well then why is this the list? Because I liked it. <laughs> God damn it. I'm just gonna tell me because we can't we can't take time. Alright, there's five okay, there's five guys with a thousand with over a thousand I, OPS. That, that doesn't help me. Well, I'm trying Griffin. to shorten it for you. Uh, let's see a guy. Who, there's there's a guy currently on the team that is two guys. Well, no, yeah, one guy. One and guy. Then, and then a guy on the World Series team from a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was 2009. You should know his. No, 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 no. The uh, from oh, the 2020. Two, uh, yeah. Brett Phillips. He's, I'm, I bet it's not. He Brett. is Brett Phillips. Brett Phillips no. is number three. Of course, Brett. He Phillips has 66 at bats and he has a 1,036 course, OPS of in 30 right. career games. All right, just tell me who the others. Michael Brazo. I don't. Sure. 1,094. Sure. Tommy Pham is fourth. I barely remember Tommy Pham as a raid. Logan Morrison has a 1.023. Okay. It's ridiculous. Brandon Lau is sixth. Oh, I could have. I should have All right, that's the only one that I would say I should have guessed. Austin Meadows. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Aubrey Huff has a 918 okay. in a raised uniform. This is a super, super random list. And then number nine, Carlos Pena. Okay. I mean, like some of these aren't as Joey random. Wendell, Joey Wendell high up there. Right. Like Matt right. Joyce. Just like these guys that, you know, the Razor is just a weird team, and I hate playing them. All right. I got to wrap up. All right. Um, here's coming up totally tubular-wise. Uh, tubular is brought to you by uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. That's where you want to be for UFC 277 on Saturday night. Get your spot reserved right now by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Watch the fights for free and win money betting on the fights. Not that hard. You come out on top. You're going to spend 75 bucks to watch a pay-per-view or you're going to go watch the fights for free and win money. How is this hard? I want to be there. Uh, Nunes and Pena on Saturday night, UFC 277. Reserve your spot. Email events at sportssocialmd.com. All right, here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise tonight. Uh, Rays Orioles at 7 on Masson, Drew Rasmussen, Tyler Wells. Masson 2, Nationals Dodgers at 3, MLB Network. Braves Phillies at 1230, Giants Diamondbacks at 330, ESPN, Yankees Mets at 7. Nice to see those teams getting some attention. You know, just teams that never really get any national media love. Appreciate the New York market for a change. 
uh, being a market that gets a little national uh, spotlight. That's a good thing. Uh, ESPN2, the uh, women's Euro semifinal, Germany and France today at 3. The basketball tournament coverage at 7. TBS for AEW Dynamite tonight at 8. Anything non-sports-wise that stands no, out? No, not a whole lot. Uh, there's an HBO documentary. It's called We Met in Virtual Reality. And it's just people in like a VR room. Sure it and is. They they like have just that's how they've kind of gotten through the <clears> pandemic. So kind of sure. probably like a heartwarming sure. thing. Uh, High School the Musical the series season three premieres on Disney Plus. Um, and then last night was that we didn't because we were trying to wrap up really quick. Mm-hmm. Only merged in the building new episode yesterday. Oh, okay. So all right, I do check like that out on uh, Hulu. I do like that. All right, Shark Week of course. Ah yeah, Shark Week of course. Thanks to everybody at Prespa. Oh no, I got to thank our guests. Right, thanks to Randy Mueller. Thanks to. Um, Doug Farrar, thanks to Colton Kowser, thanks also to Kenny, uh, Kenny Main. Main. Yes, Kenny Main. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the <coughs> tab at glenclarkradio.com. Tomorrow's going to be a weird day, all right? I am still trying to figure out, we are supposed to bring back Weekend at Bookies tomorrow. However, I need to start the show at 9 o'clock tomorrow because I got to get out of here to get down for Mogaba Day at the ballpark. Uh, it's meaningful to me. It's something that, that it's important that I want to be there for. So... We're supposed to bring back Weekend at Bookies. The schedule does not necessarily work for one of our normal guests. I just got to figure it out. So either at 9 o'clock you're going to have Glenn Clark Radio or at 9 o'clock you're going to have Weekend at Bookies leading into Glenn Clark Radio. But we're going to be doing the show from 9 to 11 tomorrow is the point that I'm trying to make. The show in some capacity will exist from 9 to 11 tomorrow, and we might need to move some things around in relation to um, how we do it. I'll figure that all out today. But 9 o'clock tomorrow, be tuned in because you're going to get something. And part of that something, I believe, will be Jarrett Bell, also from USA Today, wrote a a lengthy column about Lamar Jackson recently. Uh, Warren Sharp, who I know has been on the offensive in terms of defending. That's uh, ironic. He's been offensive with his defensiveness of Lamar Jackson this week. Uh, Sharp Football is going to join us tomorrow. And anything else tomorrow? Uh, Not at the moment. Okay. Stuff and things tomorrow on the program as well. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including our friends at Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Casa Sin, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, All-America Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer at buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.